I'm your host of Maniacal Menace, Kyle Smith. Say the whole thing like a pimp named Slickback. And I have Mrs. Legs Almighty, Sharika. How are you doing? I think as artists, I think we forget that we have the option, right? Mm. So not every gig that's set for it that we, we have to be involved in. Like, we can easily be like, nah, this this whole setup is not for me, like, at all, right? So I don't really look at what folks are charging overhead to get in the building or how many bodies oh. in the building. Like, your operation and your logistical things have nothing to do with me. Whatever you're making off of that has nothing to do with me. What has to do with me, however, is the price I personally set, right? If oh. I'm like, this is what I expect, I don't care if it's five people in this bitch or 25 people in this motherfucker. Yeah. But what my standard is, my standard rate that whomever the uh, promoter or curator agreed to, yeah. that is my expectation. That should not change depending on bodies in the building. So I tell poets all the time, like, you can't look at a venue and, and look at, like, what's happening at the door and, and look at, oh, this person is being paid. Like, that that has nothing to do with you. Like, really and truly, like, I don't, you shouldn't be counting that. You yeah. should, before you even get there, you should know that, hey, this is what I'm going to get paid by the end of the night, and is this what I agreed to, right? Whoa. That shouldn't wave. Damn. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. Like, I've so how do you know when you should start doing that? Do you have a price set? No. You gotta yeah. get a price set. How do I know how much I'm worth? That I can't tell you that. You gotta survey your market. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say find people who you are comfortable confiding in and like trusting and also folks who have been in the game, who have done this and who do it professionally too to yeah. kind of like get an idea of like what is the market right now like locally regionally on the national level and what i should be asking for now some folks may be like hey sounds like you want to be in a consultation i'm like i gotta charge you for the time right yeah, some people yeah, yeah. may uh, but if it's like the people that you are friends with who are in the business it's good to have those conversations to kind of see like okay what's happening across the board like what is the range you can always start your price low and then slowly work your way up with the more gigs you get. But I would tell you like it just varies, right? So a corporate a corporate booking may be different from like a local booking, right? Mm -hmm. A corporate booking like you can you can set a price. Yeah. And either they're going to be like we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> or they're going to be like we can do a little bit less or they're like yeah, that's doable, which you never know until you try. Uh, yeah, don't don't low buy yourself. Yeah, always start high. Always Let them take you down. Right, just like asking for a raise at a, mm -hmm. at, a, at a job, which I, I've done recently. Like, oh, you ain't worth that. Am I not worth this? Like, yeah, I'm putting start the searching. time. Huh? That's this is fun to think about. Like this is this is I've always tried to get to this aspect of it, and this is what people that don't like. I mean, I've been should have done this because I've been doing this for so long. Mm -hmm. But I'm such a humble person to where I'm just like, yeah, I'll do your show. You know, regardless of 
being paid or not just just for the fact that you know i get to show my talent somewhere but at this point in time like, i got a baby it's, on the way yeah it's a it's digital like, age frame you can show your talent on your own platform yeah like you can have your talent on social media if you want to get your talent out there in that sense mm-hmm. right there's other ways to do it showing up to venues that you haven't seen to tap into a different audience mm-hmm. right where it's like okay you know i have free time here let me go check out like this new spot right it doesn't have to be in the same places uh, mm-hmm. that's so when I look at platform, right, when I, when I look at showcasing my talents, I look at ways, okay, how can I tap into different audiences? Mm-hmm. Because I know, like, if one specific show is happening, I know, like, it's going to be this group of people that I, I usually see at these other events. But how can I get myself in front of other folks who I've never met, who've never been like introduced to that, right? Yeah. That's where research comes in. Like, is there any other things happening in the city that I may not be aware of that I can get myself out there? Right. Uh, like, so uh, I've I've been asked to do many shows, and usually I don't go around to ask to be on people's shows. Just people come ask me mm-hmm. to do their show, and so it, I'm always like, "Well, out of goodness of my heart, I can do this oh, for no, you." Oh no, friend! Oh no! You know, the first question I usually ask is like, "Okay, what what is um, the budget allocated to your talent?" Yeah. And if somebody's like, oh, we're, well, this is just be a platform opportunity or a chance for you to be on. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to thank right. you for the opportunity, yeah. but uh, this is this is what I usually charge for a piece or two. Uh, and, you know, start setting those boundaries for yourself. And yeah. it's different if it's like an organization that approaches that you're like, this is like really dope and I do want to be a part of it then that's a little bit different but out the goodness of your heart is not that don't pay your light bill no or your gas I don't need you to pay me to get out of my house now yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I need to look into this definitely Mm -hmm. that definitely because I've I put in a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of time to say that it's gotten. It feels as if it's gotten nowhere, but it's 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 yeah. slowly rising. But you know, I doing this on my own. This is talking to people like you is what actually helps me be like, oh, and you need to set your foot down and do this, learn mm-hmm. how to write up a contract and whatnot. And I definitely don't know how to do that. Like yeah. that's one of the things that you know that my ex, she was good at that. She would she would be able to write up contracts and like this is what it's gonna be because she was a dancer mm-hmm. so you yeah. know so she was on that she's like yeah. hey <laughs> yeah this is what it is uh, if you can't do this and I I can't do nothing for you and so I'm like oh that okay that makes sense but you know I don't I don't I don't know what it takes to to write up a contract or what should be in that contract as it's written how to write up a con you know all that and it. That's the things that I don't want to think about, and I want to have somebody else do. But then that's paying somebody else to come into my pockets, and it's like, God damn it! Yeah. <sighs> so much. So I, would, you know, it doesn't have to be when when we think contract, it doesn't have to be in debt, right? It doesn't. It could be just like agreement on time, date, place, payment. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like this in depth type of thing. Uh-huh. Like, I don't want us to like overthink it. Yeah, and you know Google's at our fingertips. Google like quick entertainment contracts or performance you think that's an artists. AI contract? 
You probably can. You can AI shit damn near a toe at this point. You can <laughs> it's fucking anything. <laughs> you probably could. Yeah. Like, this is what I want in the contract, and they will probably draft it. But, I mean, even if it's a piece of paper, like, oh, this is my performance time. This is the time we agreed on, the number of pieces, X, Y, Z. It doesn't yeah. have to be in depth. Sometimes it's, it's just an invoice right sometimes yeah. it's just like hey this is what we're agreeing to this is a performance date this is my invoice that's what we're going to agree upon at the conclusion of this event do you have things do things like that need to be notarized or something <clears throat> or it's just this is what it is mm-hmm. if you sign this this then i'm all in it but yeah. if not then i'm, I'm on to the next one yeah, so i mean it's a, a, a bi- legally binding document anything that is like written and signed off on is a legally binding document yeah so Thankfully, like a lot of like smaller shows and curators, they really don't do that. Some folks do. Some people sign off on. Um, I did a show where it was like it was a simple document. Once again, just name, date, event, time, location, amount agreed upon, and both parties sign it. Like we yeah. acknowledge, like this is what's happening with this showcase. This is how much you're going to get paid. So that way they're protected as well. So I, as a performer, don't come back because I see 200, 2,000 people in your building. I come back, I'm trying to get more money because I agreed to one price. But now that I'm I'm watching your pockets, I'm like, nah, nah, I should get paid more. And there's nothing wrong with advocating for yourself. But I would tell people, be fair when you're advocating, right? Be fair. If you if you didn't think that you were worth that price on the front end, don't try to change it when you see the outcome on the back end. You should stand firm on what like your price is for you and what you think you're worth. Yeah. yeah up front. And there are people that disagree, right? Some people are like, No, like I didn't know there was gonna be like that much people pulled in. I want to be paid more and they have the right to do that but i would say me personally like that should be done on the front end that should not come as a surprise because you now see what's going on with this this show or this audience or whatever the case is um, now i would say the the curator though should be honest about like what bodies are going to be in the space yeah right as well oh that is so helpful you know, I be trying, you know. I think when people see me, they're like, okay, this is Togo. She be making jokes and she does poems. <laughs> and I kind of keep it like that, too. You got the background to back it up, though. I do. Yeah. But people don't know that. I just be no. minding my business friend. I be like, I ain't. But see, when I came out here, when I first asked you about what I asked you and everything, and I'm like, she don't do certain things. And I've seen her. And she real good. <laughs> She real good. And when you see her in certain places, it's like, oh, you are, you are the person that everybody is coming to see. So it's just like, I need to know things, you know? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I just, like, so in my head, I'm like, okay, I, I need to stop selling myself, selling myself so short. Yeah, you ain't got to be everywhere, friend. And <sighs> if you go, if you go somewhere, you ain't got to perform. You yeah. don't. Yeah. Like nine times out of ten, when you see me out, am I performing? No. Exactly. Yeah. That's. Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. That's- yeah, I don't I don't I don't need to touch every stage. I don't I don't need sometimes I just want to be a part of the audience to be honest. Like I just want to enjoy being in the audience cuz 9 times out of 10 I'm either MCing 
or like doing a show like I'm booked for. So like when yeah. I'm out at like other open mics or just like just random open mics in the city, like I just I want to be a part of the audience. If I feel moved, don't get me wrong. If I feel moved, you know the tequila start hitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some shit I need to get off my chest. Yeah. And if there's space on the mic, I'll definitely like sign up. I don't mind doing that. But I don't. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, there's sometimes I just couldn't. I it's always I always feel the need to be on stage whenever I go somewhere, just because I'm like, what am I out for? I don't. Uh, nowadays it's like I don't go out to have a good time. I go to out to be the time that people are having. Mm. And so I, I, I most of the time I, I need I. It's like a release for me because I'm working all day mm-hmm. and like. I don't have the time to be like out most of those times just to be watching something if I'm not accomplishing anything at that time. Because six in the morning, I gotta be at work. Oh yeah, yeah. oh man, you know, and I work in the sun. Like it's it's underground construction. Yeah, yeah your daddy know about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't Listen. wake it up, getting four hours of sleep, and then having to work in 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 this Texas heat. I don't know what's going it's, on with it. It's a lot. Ooh. It's a lot. I almost caught heat exhaustion the other day, and I was just like, "This ain't a fun feeling." <laughs> like that <laughs> shit is not good. That'll put you out for a week. And so that's what I'm saying. You have to know why you're in the space, right? Yeah. So nine times ten, I'm I work from home, right? So yeah. I don't. I be talking to the walls <laughs> and the white people across my screen. <laughs> I don't know why I whispered it like they was about to pop out like the fucking candy man. It's not a lot of them. If I say white people three times, will they appear? They do pop up. Oh shit! Let me look around. Oh shit! That's it. Yeah. But you have to know why you're in the space too. Yeah. Right. Know why you're in the space. Um, I would say there there are other ways to network without being on stage when you're in a spot. Right. Yeah. You got to talk to people. Like sometimes like people who come out to shows, they might be from different organizations, right? Mm. The first time I moved to Texas, someone who I met, they like see me perform. I, I met him one time in the audience, right? Like I just randomly, yeah. I was in DC, just randomly met him in the audience, was talking to him. Young man, I was like just chopping it up. Yeah. Like I was there with my ex-boyfriend at the time, like just having a casual conversation. This man had never seen me perform, right? The second time I went to the venue, like I performed. He was like, wait, you perform? I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. I do poems, like <laughs> bomb ass personality, but I do poems, <laughs> right? And so when I got to Texas, that same young man that I met in DC years back, he was there. I yeah. didn't perform that night, but there was a the feature that was there runs his own show in a different part of Texas. And he was like, Hey man, you gotta get her on the show. Mind you, this man ain't never seen me perform who he was telling the guy to, like saying, like, Oh, I've seen her perform in DC, like you gotta get on a show. He was like, I trust you as my yeah. friend. Yeah. To take your job. Like, yeah, go ahead and let's let's get you out to perform so sometimes it is not just getting on stage just networking in the audience uh-huh. not saying that every conversation you have is going to turn into like currency yeah. but it may put you in contact with someone else i've had a lot of those situations to where it's like man y'all need to get him up you performing tonight man i'm gonna tell somebody it's like what the? i'm you know i'm yeah, yeah. put your foot down you gonna tell them to do what I ain't going up down. They will call my name. I ain't going up down. <laughs> what? <laughs> you are nuts. <laughs> Don't call me. Oh. Call Tyrone, bitch. <laughs> Somebody. I ain't going up down. 
Oh, that's good. This is put your hands together for uh, Fortune Chief Akina. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, so Chief, so it's Chief Ikena. Um, Ikena. A lot of people where they mess up on is they see the eye yes. and they're like, okay. So we gotta put I first. That's always gonna matter. The I. And I tell them no. The I is not what matters. It is instead of saying I, you put an E on the I. Yeah. So it's E Kenna. E Kenna. Right? So, um, yeah, Chief E Kenna. People call me Chief. People call me E Kenna. Um, and then some just call me Grinch. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm just joking. But no, no, no. Um, funny story. Uh, that story. Uh, my. So I am actually a prince of a village inside Nigeria. Oh snap! Yeah, um, the Uwoku Sabu village in Nigeria. Um, it's in. It's not in Abuja. It's like a little bit past Abuja. Um, but it is great village, very great village, small mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, and um, yeah, so. That's pretty much what it is. My dad is an actual king. My grandpa just passed away. 125 by official U.S. papers. Um, by, and we're talking about by official U.S. papers because in Nigeria, whenever you try to come from like a foreign land, a foreign country, they take a couple years back for some reason. So he may be actually older than 125, mm. um, but he passed away at 123. So it was a couple of years ago. Wow. He passed away. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Chief Ikenna comes. Um, the reason why my name is Ikenna is because um, Ikenna means God's strength or your father's strength. Ikenna means God's butt or your dad's father's <laughs> ass. Um, so, you know, I always tell people I know, I, I just know in my heart, I almost am positive. My dad didn't say, oh my God, this son of mine, he will be my Yes, yes, yes. You will just be the back of me. You know, so I know he's like, oh, no, he's going to be my strength. So that's where that comes from, definitely. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's that's dope. I don't, Man, that is a, such a powerful name, man, when you think about it. Ah, I really like that. So how do you pronounce your last name? Owenali. So um, the N is silent in the name. So it's Owenali. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had from Dallas. Mm-hmm. She, she moved down to New Orleans. Uh, catchy. Yeah, Ketchy Chupuese. Because did you automatically throw a, a, a silent slight in in, in the beginning? Of yeah, that? I did. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, different, it's different types because you have you have Ketchy. I, I heard of Ketchy. I heard of Kelechi. Yeah. Um, and so I heard it when you say Ketchy. I heard um, it just really depends on it's also just how you say it right a lot of people it's like you don't have to stress like I feel like when people say African names they're like hurting themselves a little bit like it's like no it's, it's literally how you pronounce it I swear like there is no math to it there is no science behind it it's literally how you pronounce it unless like the silent N or the I of the E, right? The small things. But it's, it's how you pronounce That's it. That's wild. Because, you know, usually we just know about silent K's yeah, exactly. and P's and all yeah, that. Exactly. Y'all come, you know, you can make an N silent? How you make an N silent? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Man, Russia's got the backwards R's and shit. Man. I'm like, how you, how you say that? What that is? Man, I don't I, get it. Is it a letter? I don't know. Uh, you throw a pie symbol in there, you fuck me out. Yeah, man, huh? man, listen, I and I don't, them Africans are different. I, I even myself, I'm saying, how do you say that? So you X dash apostrophe B C U E O. So 
Nah. All right. It's like, do you do you emphasize it? Do you, and is it like, no, like the the apostrophe is like a click sound. Okay. Wow. <laughs> like oh, the more I, you know about your own culture, man. Like the, the, actual, the uh, oh. oh, I said okay. But the thing about it with Nigerians, it's not. You actually say the apostrophe. They sometimes say it, but yeah. with Nigerians, it's different though. Sometimes they the names that the parents be having, it is. Amazing. Um, the parents, uh, they like to name the child off of what they believe or like what they're going through, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a friend by the name of, so like my name is Fortune, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. fortunate, fortune, great fortune, right? I have a friend mm-hmm. named Promise, Promise, Blessing, Fame, uh, for all this good stuff, right? Oh then my God. You have the biblical parents who is like, um, God be holy. Um, you have those who I know a guy by the name of Blessed Be Assurance. Like I, in in that full sentence, Blessed Be Assurance. So like whenever he's like, oh y'all, let's sing Blessed Be Assurance. I said, man, I, he's, he's proud because he's like, man, listen, I, I don't care what y'all say. I got a song made by me by Jesus, Hallelujah. So as far as I'm concerned, Blessed Assurance. You know, what I mean? like he he gets. He's like, bless it, uh, you damn right I am. <laughs> right? Oh, so, that is funny. Yeah, so that's really what it uh, is, man. So Africans, they're, they're very interesting when it comes to names, man. They just... I don't know. That don't is know, know. that is really good. and there you go. <laughs> if you didn't, if you need help writing some stand up bits, there you, there you go, sir. Put a hash next to that one right there because right. first of all, it's informative, and secondly, man, ah, that tickled me on the inside. I appreciated that. Oh man, I learned something. Man, that was funny. <laughs> What? <laughs> Educational and hilarious. That's, that's how you do it. That's a good type of comedy right there. That's the comedy you give to your kids. You're like, hell yeah, they got kids in the park and everything. Oh, they, you need some of this right here. Learn about some culture. <laughs> for, the, for the culture. Yeah. You don't know nothing about nothing. Uh, I know. No, you don't know nothing. About nothing. You don't know nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. So, but... Latoya Creates, how are you doing? Okay, so the title is an artist and a graphic designer, right? Because cool. in the best way, that encompasses. That's fun. A That's lot fun of to things, say. right? Yeah. Yes, it sounds, it feels good, you know, rolls off the tongue nicely. <laughs> you know, so brand design, though. Yeah. I'm very into brand design. That's my specialty when it comes to graphic design. Okay. But uh, fine art, you know? Yeah. Painting. I love painting people. Murals. You said how long I've been doing this? Ooh, let's say about...
<laughs> you know, I was young and dumb at the first studio I owned in Ohio. You know, mm. real stupid. However, I was making it. I don't know. I wonder all the time. You lived in a house, girl? You had a decent life? Why can't you do that right right now? It's just not the same. Right? It's like, not. It's different. The times have changed. The times have Everything costs, you know. And then inflation Definitely. said, oh, you thought 2023 was going to be different. It's different already. It's different already. Shit just got a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a new level got added. It's like, yes. I didn't expect this level to be worse. Right. Like, the last level was pretty difficult. Like, what mm, we... It's a yeah. game that never ends. The more they add. I, I don't... So, I, how do you keep afloat? Like, what what makes you keep going? Oh, man. I'm just keeping it real. Like, Lord love me. He know I am a fool. Yeah. But when I tell you he love me, because I don't even know, tell you the truth. People ask me all the time. I didn't have a job for four years. Ooh. I just I have a job now. Okay? Yeah. And I hate, I like it, hate it. Yeah. I'm like, dang, people, people answer to other people. I forgot what uh, this felt like. I, I don't like, even like, know what that's. I'm I'm like, I don't this know. This is stupid. You know? I've never not had a job. So oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's rough for me right now. Uh, Four years of just, like you said, hustling. Yeah. I was painting shoes, doing murals, t-shirts, custom wh products. Okay, so uh, what was the worst? What was the worst thing that you did that you was like, ah, I can do without this? Oh, man. I had some paper mache. Oh. Some, check it out. Memorial High School. Yeah. They wanted to do a dance, and you know, you know, they love our stuff. Uh -huh. just say right. That. right, right, right. You know, and then they said, I want a Travis Scott hit. This is like, what? <laughs> They're like, let's play. We want a little try. We want Travis Scott to go over a gazebo. A gazebo. A gazebo. Hold on. We want it gold. Oh. And we want to take pictures at uh, it. How know? old are these children? What do we do? High school. <laughs> High school. They said, we're going to rent a venue. And we love Travis Scott. I said, yeah. That much, they said, Scott, we need to. Yeah. So I paper mache this giant 3D oh. wannabe crap Travis Scott head. And it's just like stuck it on the archway of the gazebo <laughs> and wrapped that thing in some gold um fabric or crazy oh, looking no. thing i kid you not it was like the craziest like but hey they were excited yeah you okay know they so they was feeling it it was oh, like man. oh fuck it. yeah this is what we like, want this exactly. is i'm like we're not posting this on social media <laughs> you know not everything you do you can post people yeah. don't need to know that you did that to <laughs> that make money did in. A giant mm -mm, nah i'm not gonna take credit for that but they were happy <laughs> they were happy that's all that matters i got paid oh you my know God. and it's a go look well, how do you find jobs <laughs> Ooh, i find jobs so Facebook and all that's not really, I mean, every now and then it does yeah. it for me, but you know, people tell me to do that. It doesn't work that well. So what I did was I joined the chamber of commerce. Huh? Yeah. Okay. I joined the chamber of commerce. I was a part of the metropolitan, but it closed during uh -huh. COVID. So I'm going to find me another one, but you access a lot of different business owners. You might meet somebody, make a woman who own a Jewish newspaper here in Houston. You know? Yeah. Then uh, it's a couple banks that travel to Houston. You get invited to their private grand opening parties. You'd be around Holy some serious shit. Men. Yeah, I went to one opening. I was, not only was I the only black person there, <laughs> only black woman, black person, youngest person there, surrounded my money. The only other black person there was a bartender. We locked eyes. We like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We need this connection. <laughs> We're going to make sure we got the universal hey. head nod. Bop, bop, you know yes. what I'm saying? Make sure I'm already here. Make sure I'm already here. Just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> 
earphones gonna keep up behind you, dude. Okay. How did how, how did that uh how did that feel as you were there? Like what what what? How long were you there for? And what was what was actually going on? Like the bank decided they were just coming to Houston. They opened up three locations. They oh, okay. had a big old party full of people, clearly with a lot more money than me. Yeah. Oh, they had valet pulling up oh, to the bank. Like we got a valet at the bank. <laughs> this is after hours. <laughs> We knew in valet is valet. That's amazing. Okay. Live band, open bar. Oh, like the food was lavish. They just in there kicking it. Yay! Bank came to Houston. I said, "That's what we do." What? I was in there for about yeah. I was in there for about 30, 40 minutes because you be in there and you like really what you really want to do. Turn right on back around. Uh Oh shit! I ain't supposed to be in here. But I said nah, I ain't about to run me off. You know I'm like pumping myself up. (laughs) Business owner in here about to get some money. You know I'm gonna say hi and talk to the chicks. That's the way way they're looking younger to me and they all need a black friend. I'm gonna go talk to them. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's exactly how you get in. Heck yeah. You need me, right? I feel a quota. Okay, I I got you. you. I do shit. Hi, I will be the token in here. I you love it. Token money. Uh, you know, you know when your expertise is, is needed. Yeah. When you're like, you, you need, you, you need, need this fast skin color. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, down in the ones, I was a token. I was a token for, for a few people. People were like, no, nah, I can't do this. You want to do it? Fuck yeah. Okay, yeah I'll, I be do. The, I'll be Mojo Jojo if you need me. Be sure shit. I got it. Yeah. I, I, I really. The mysterious one himself, Rebel. Hmm. What's up, Rebel? How's it going, man? I'm a father. Okay. Yeah, that's my number one thing. Number one. That's number one thing is I'm a father. Because mm-hmm. if, if, if I'm not a father, if I don't serve my purpose as a father, nothing else is ever going to The poetry and stuff is just never going to happen. Right. So my purpose is Thomas. Yes. And so everything else afterwards is just the product of being a good father. That's what's up. Yeah. I I have been, I well, I mean, I don't assume that I'm going to be a bad parent or anything, but I don't have kids yet. And uh, I always wonder, like, how things are going to go about once I do have a child. Like, it scares me. Like, is, like, when you were becoming fatherhood, when that was coming about, uh, was it frightening? No. No, you were no, dude. Cause the V and this, um, what's my son? It was a life or death for me. Yeah. So, I got so deep in my lifestyle that I couldn't change and I couldn't shake the name I had made for myself. Yeah. And I, I had a buddy of mine that we was like, what would you say, like gas in the matches, right? Mm. Two peas in a pod. We tore shit up together, right? Yeah. Just alike. And um, I seen this dude have a kid and completely just... Changed his life? Yeah, and so this is my brother. <laughs> and then so I violated my um, probation. And I, was, I got tired of living where I was living. I said, man, it's time to have a kid, so I have a kid. Yeah, just yeah, like that. Just, just like, like that. fuck it. Yeah. This is going to change yeah. the way I, yeah. I, I live at this moment. Yeah, guess what happened? <laughs> Boom. Dropped the baby. Every, I, Flipped everything off like a light switch. I ain't been in trouble since. Come on. He's 15. <sighs> that was like a sobriety pack right I was there. Just like, yeah, but it, see, this is the thing, man. And and it took me many years to put this together that I had to find something to love outside of myself. Yeah. That's why it was just like I was never worth the love 
that I cared about anything what happened to me. I had to I had to care about something outside of myself. Oh shit. Yeah. Huh. And I I discovered that long like five years ago. <laughs> Fresh yeah. to it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's I've never I've never looked at it at, as as like that before. I've never had it in that perspective. Probably because I don't have kids yet, but there I I haven't I haven't thought deep into it just because like I'm still trying to become something, chase a dream and everything and it's just like uh, does you do you feel as if I mean it it doesn't seem as if it is, but I've always thought as like once kids came things slowed down and that was that was your hindrance. That was a hindrance to people why people didn't continue on their journey. Like does it seem like that to you? Ah, I see you with the yeah, with those so so it's a balance. Yeah, the There's balance. There's a balance to it. There's a balance. It's about how many kids you have. Uh-huh. Like, I got one kid, so I'm able to do more. So I would yeah. imagine if somebody with more would probably be able to do a little bit less than me. Huh. But I didn't have a whole bunch of kids because right. I didn't want to be, you know what I mean? I still wanted to be a little bit mobile. Right. So I said just one and done. That was it. Yeah. Okay. And then so, but he's also he's the drive behind the passion to, to, to do a lot of what I do. I I always assumed that the the drive would kick up more once I once I had had kids, just because I'm like now I'm striving to be better for not just me, not just my wife, but also this next generation here. And this is the thing with me. It's like. It's you got to lead by example when you deal with kids. When you're yeah. raising a kid, you can't say it. You got to say it and do it. Yeah. Huh. And that's it. So he's holding me accountable because if I'm preaching it, I got to do it. Right. And so I can't just preach. And so it's making me become a better person because I want him to be the best man that he can be. Yeah. And so I got to lead by example. Put y'all hands together for poetic journey. Yeah, the journey, um, the journey. So I'm, I'll tell you about my name in a second. Mm-hmm. But the way that I come into like the description and the way I write my poetry, yeah, it comes from the heart. But really, what it is is because I experience something and I can't get it out of my head. Mm. So if something keeps going, like if you know, my mom used to write poetry too, mm-hmm. but she said that she stopped because she was like, I didn't like what I saw you know poetry makes you see what's really inside of you you know what you really feel what you really think and she said I didn't want to see myself on paper yeah so she ran from that but she told me she was like don't don't run from it embrace it and she told me poetry is when your heart speaks you just have to listen and so like if there was something inside of me like sometimes you know how you just hear like a word or one Mm -hmm. phrase um you know or something you know like um with with the a masterpiece i just kept hearing like you are like art to me yeah and it was something that somebody said and i was like damn that's deep like i'm yeah, art stuck with you. yeah and i yeah. but and i just i kept going with it and i was like why don't i look at myself like art mm-hmm. and so that poem was me trying to like see myself as art you yeah. know and then i'm like and i gotta see all these other women as art and why don't you know and those questions now the questions that i ask myself come from being a therapist but the journey is actually because like i'm I'm experiencing a memory or i had an experience and i'm like let me take you on what i felt yeah and i'm gonna show you how i got to this deep conclusion of something because you know every poem 
has like some greater meaning, like a lesson, mind you. Yeah. And that's that's how that came about. Now, my name, Poetic Journey, came from an experience I have yet to write about. Mm. I don't know how to write about, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I just feel like, you know, whenever God give it to me, I'll get there. But um, yeah. it, it came from this that experience. And I literally I prayed one day and I said, you know what, God, this may be a hard life, but it's a good life. Mm. And I am sorry if I'm not loving it enough. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to just ride this journey with you. And then I thought about it like, man, it's. It's kind of a good journey like this. Yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of poetic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a, that, be- a beautiful journey, a poetic journey. And there it is. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's dope. I like that. Yeah. What are the questions you ask yourself to? Um, For like poems? Yeah. Um, So it just depends. So like a masterpiece, you know, I heard you are like art to me. And I was like, damn, like, do I? Am I like art? What is art? You know? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like. Mm, I could be art and I'm like dang why you never why have you never thought of yourself as art you know like I'm a, I think of myself as valuable yeah but I've never thought of myself as like art and I thought about it like dang like art is valuable art yeah. is so valuable that like Jay-Z could never make a record and all the art pieces he owned he could sell and his children's 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 children will still be very very rich because he it's that's how valuable it is you know he's got art pieces that is priceless you know and so i was like dang you know so um i don't know i just it's in therapy we call it socratic thinking socratic questioning Mm. so it's not questions to get you to just answer it's questions to get you to think about why you would answer a certain way oh yeah so like that's, a, that's like a that's like opening another door exactly. like oh you thought it was you thought this was just it <laughs> no. <laughs> no no did you did you look to see what was on the other side of the wall I'm like no there's more doors nigga <laughs> it's like oh it's like five other doors back here uh, there's so many different ways to do this oh my yes. goodness oh wow <laughs> yeah yeah that's um that's uh it's kind of like you know and it's sad but i do it to my son a lot you know, yeah, but he's gonna, mm-hmm. but see, the, he's gonna grow up to be, he's gonna grow up to be right. Mm. Like, hope I, so. I, <laughs> well, either that or just that's the plan. Be able to get through life with deductive reasoning and not, you know, be able to surpass other people that don't think like he would. Yeah, but I mean, even, <clears throat> even, so. You know, and I'm still, you know, I'm, I could be a therapist, but I still have a lot of questions about a lot of things. But mm-hmm. like Socratic thinking, Socratic questioning. So like um, we went to the aquarium. Mm-hmm. He was jumping up and down a little step part to help them see into the tanks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, don't be playing on that. You're going to fall. You know, and I kept saying it every time we went to the next, you know, tank and stuff. And he just kept jumping on it. And I was like, you're going to fall. You're going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. After a while, I said, you know what? Look, you fall, you fall, you're on, you're on. I already told you, you're going to bump your head. That's you. You know, yeah. so sure enough, <laughs> after I stopped saying it, uh-huh. he he fell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's crying and, you know, stuff like that. And like I had to start giving him Socratic questions. So I, I had to say, why? You know, why are you crying? And he's like, oh, because because uh, yeah, you, yeah, you're mean. You know, he's just uh-huh. giving me all these different answers. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no. And I, I let him answer. I'm like, hey, no, you're crying because you fell. Mm-hmm. You're crying because 
you know, you fail. He's like, I did fall. And I'm like, yeah, you did. I saw you. You forgot about that part. You think about all that other stuff that happened afterwards, you know? He's like, you didn't hug me. You yelled at me. I said, all I did was I told you, you know? And so he's like, no, I was like, no, you're crying because you fail. And he's like, oh, he's like, I did fall. I was like, yeah, you did. Did you hurt yourself? He's like, um, my knee is broken. <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, but the you over just you just walked in here, so yeah. like I think it's working, you know. He's like, it, but it hurts, and I was like, oh, okay. Do you, do you want me to kiss it, make it better? He's like, yes, and so I kissed it, and I was, he's still sad. And I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, why are you still sad? And he's like, I'm ready to go home. I was like, well, well why you want to go home? Because you're mean. And he starts going through the list of stuff afterwards. I was like, no. I was like, you're ready to go home because you're upset. I was like, you fell. You hurt yourself and mommy didn't run to help you. Like I said, I was going to, but I told you I wasn't going to, you know, I warned you. I said, but you fell, you hurt yourself. You cried, you had a moment, but now it's over. You know, like we don't have to go home just because you hurt yourself. Yeah. You know, we could still have fun. Were you having fun before you hurt yourself? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you did. We could have more fun, you know, mm. like that, that. It was a moment. But it's done, you know, like, let's go have some more fun. He's like, no, I don't want to. I was like, well, how about we take a break and then we go back and have more fun? You know, like, you want to take a snack break? You want to relax for a second? Yeah. I'm like, OK. But the, the, the point of the story was the Socratic thing, like even the Socratic questions is like, it's not to give you deductive reasoning, because even though he had a reason to cry. He fell. Right. You know, like, I don't want you to be like, oh, I got a reason to cry. I'm not going to cry. You know, like, I want you to still feel it. I want you to have your moment. I want you to go through that whole process. But the most important part of the Socratic thinking and the Socratic questioning is after you went through all those moments, don't let that one moment stop you from going forward. Mm. Because there's still a whole aquarium that you haven't seen. We still got two more floors to go up, you know? Oh, shit. Yeah. You know how I applied this to my comedy life and just life in general as an entertainer? Yeah? Yeah. How? Like, just because, like, uh, you know, I feel, I'm feeling shitty because, you know, I'm not doing like I used to. What? Like, yeah. But you're not supposed to. But I thought it would always be fun, you know, but sometimes you need to take a snack break. And okay, wait, wait, wait. So are you not doing like I'm you not, used to or are you not feeling like you used to? No, I'm not doing like, well, back then, uh, basically, I was out every week, every day of the week, mm -hmm. basically doing like, but I understand it's not going to be that anymore. But okay, so I guess I'm not feeling like I used to. Mm hmm. I'm not feeling the feels that I used to feel when I would go out and do comedy. Mm -hmm. Like it feels different now. It doesn't feel as fun. It feels like you know I probably need a break, or you know, a, it's it's okay mm -hmm. that uh, that I I I I stumbled upon you know whatever I've been doing, mm -hmm. and it, just like you were saying, like hey, it's a, there's still more aquarium, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all right, you know. You don't have to go home now because there's so many times that I was like, man, fuck this aquarium. I want to go home. <laughs> I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> you see? see, in my head, that's why I'm like, man, fuck this aquarium. I'm I'm going home. Yeah, I ain't gotta be here no more. Yeah, like this this ain't. But this is a per. I'm so glad I told that story because this is perfect. Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna therapy you a little bit. I'm yeah, not okay, gonna lie. Don't it. be scared. I'm so it. when you started doing comedy, what was your reason for doing it? Somebody told me I was funny. 
So you just doing it for the hell of it, right? Yeah. So you was doing it to have fun. Yeah. Just for the fun of it. And it felt fun. Yeah. But now you're you're doing it now because you know you're good at it. Yeah. You know you're funny. You know that you can do more. So now you're taking it seriously, right? Yes. So now you're doing it from a place of seriousness. So why are you surprised that it feels serious? Feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I'm not surprised, but yeah, I just don't. Ah, the feeling that comes with it now, I didn't expect this to be carried over from, you know. Well, it's it, because now you're expecting an outcome. Before you were doing yeah. it just to do it. And now you're doing yeah. it and you're like, I'm putting something into this so I can get something out of it. Yeah. And so now you're serious if there are not outcomes that you expected. Ugh. I can't say anything about that. That is so true. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> like, I like, there's nothing I can't, there's nothing to rebuttal against that. Nothing. That is exactly what's happening. Yeah. That's exactly what I, what I have in my head. I just couldn't put it into words. And it's like, shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But think yeah. about this. So it's the same thing. My son doesn't know what an aquarium is he's three you know <laughs> i said hey let's go it's gonna be fun he's like it's gonna be fun I'm like yeah we're gonna see a bunch of animals and fish okay. you know he's like yeah okay and so he goes and he's having fun until he's not yeah you know so he stumbles a little bit right uh, you say you stumble yeah something happened yeah and then he's like mm, this don't feel fun no more this don't feel and right. you, like you said, you said I had to take a break. You know, you said that, yeah, right? Yeah. So me and him took a break. He had some popcorn. We looked at the skyline and stuff of the yeah. city. You know, like oh, I'm just leisurely hanging out. And then I'm like, hey, you ready to go back? But now he's doing it with a purpose. Mm. He's doing it now to get through it because he knows there's more floors and more levels he's got to go. There's more stuff he's got to see. There's more fish and more attractions and more interactions that he has to deal with. There's more things for him to, you know, actually touch and feel and do there's more there's he knows now that there is a purpose for him being here and it's going to be fun but there's a purpose for him being here this hurts my head how much this applies right now i know oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that is really good because that is exactly what i'm looking forward to i'm like man i I seen the big tank up and up in the on the second floor Mm -hmm. i know what it looks like Mm -hmm. i just couldn't touch it the first time i seen it yeah i was behind the ropes and they wouldn't let me in but i know at some point in time if i can get if i can get on staff Mm -hmm. oh i can go behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and see what the hell going on and it doesn't take much i just gotta keep going Mm. but you know there (laughs) i'll say this there's parts of the upper levels that you see and that you have not seen and like you said if i could just get there and i could just touch it right that's what you said Mm. i'm so glad i told that story (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna get into real therapy yeah (laughs) ukulele sensation himself thomas goddamn jones my friend had a ukulele and um, we played in the band together. Yeah. Um, so he would just always have it. And when we would like hang out after, like I would like bang around on it. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to try and learn this thing. What was your instrument before the ukulele? So before I played ukulele, I played bass. And before I played bass. Oh, you played bass? Yeah, I have uh, two basses. Uh, I have an oh. electric bass and an acoustic electric bass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking. I love it. 
Too bad we don't have basements. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> but, uh, before I was playing bass, I played uh, trumpet, trombone, and tuba. Okay. Um, I played in my middle school and in high school band. Yeah. And, and after that, so in band in school, I played tuba and trumpet. And then I played for like a couple ska bands because ska was like really cool when I was ska? in high school, high school. High school? Yeah, ska. Ska. Yeah. What? Ska. Ska. You know, like SKA. Uh, yeah, SKA. What is that? So it's um, if uh, if you've ever watched uh, a movie in the '90s where there was a skateboard scene. Yes. Yeah, they were probably playing ska. Oh, it's like dun, 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 <laughs> and then like the horns. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's very specific. I like that. Okay, okay, continue. Uh, and I played in a couple ska bands, and like I found like a bunch of people played trumpet or saxophone. Yeah, but there were only like two guys in the scene that played trombone. So I taught myself trombone so I could play for more bands. Right. Um, taught yourself trombone. It's. It's it's once you learn how to like do your mouth, yeah. Like, cause the real instrument on a trumpet, on a on a brass bell instrument, yeah. The real instrument is the mouthpiece, because yeah, yeah. Because you can play the whole thing without you know touching a button. You can you should be able to play all the notes. Ah. And what the valves do are they just manipulate it so it's just easier. Yeah. But you can get through a whole scale without pressing a button that's amazing to know so once you kind of learn how to work your mouth in a bigger mouthpiece yeah and then you start kind of feeling around you know with the trombone yeah like i i can't read music at all uh, can't read music at all but i can hear something and i can match sounds and yeah. i can be like okay that sounds cool all right that's not, that matches okay that's an octave okay yeah i can figure it out yeah w- wait so you were just or you were just playing on repetition? Um, yeah, just kind of listening and then just kind of matching sounds and vibrations and then being like, okay, so when they start doing this stuff, I need to be here. Yeah. Um, and I faked my way into like several bands. Holy shit. That <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> you are a real fucking drumline happening right here. Oh my god! Yeah, that's like I know. Well, my brother could do something like that. He could just pick things. So every time you were playing the ukulele, you would just this. There's no notes that you just know. No, I've actually like sat down and like tried to learn. Like, okay. These are the notes. These are the oh, chords. These oh, are the progressions. Okay. Oh, uh, trombone was the only thing I was like, fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you do read music? Uh, yeah. Okay. Somewhat. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that, that, so, all right. So he went from trumpet to trombone, and then, and then you slid. So you just started. I Meaning you just started banging around, I mean you just started playing, and then yeah. what, what made that stick? What made that be like, ah, nobody really does this? No, it was just, it's just fun. It's fun. Yeah. And when you learn, when, like, a lot of people, like, when you, if you learn how to play guitar, a lot of people will shit on people that low, they call it the four chord song. Yeah. That's uh, C, G, A minor, F. Yeah. 
and because number one those are like the easiest chords to play and you know um it's very recognizable so like a bunch of different songs use those four chords yeah. and a lot of people shit on people that use those four chords for stuff hey noel <laughs> they're being good um so like they shit on a lot of people oh, oh it's like these four chord songs i guess we're listening to like fucking um train or somewhere over the rainbow but the thing is like that acclimates you to like switching and like it's the basics of like these are where these are some of the positions that your fingers are going to be in if you can do these then you can figure the rest out um Um, because you play bass yes well bass Uh, is a whole nother monster is it um that's why it's difficult for me to pick up just trying to teach myself um so bass I, w- I wouldn't say bass is like difficult to pick up. What uh-huh. you just need to think about is bass. It's you're the bottom. So you you the hardest part about playing bass is keeping rhythm. Yeah, it's keeping in time, and then realizing oh I can pull a bunch of bullshit in between beats. Okay. And once you once you learn timing and so I learned this from watching Victor Wooten. Do you know who that is? No. Victor Wooten is. I would say, most people would say, probably the best bass player to ever live on this earth. Um, And he gives these lessons. And in a lot of the lessons, he's like, if you play the wrong note, don't worry. If it's in time, you can build back up to your root note. Yeah. So once you realize that playing raw notes doesn't matter, you'll just learn the board, and then you can just do whatever you want. (laughs) As long as you're in rhythm. As long. See, I can get the rhythm part down. It's just these tiny fingers don't want to go where they're supposed to go, <laughs> where they need to go. Like, I, I, I've actually started trying to learn, like, bridge and in, in chords and, and such, but trying to get to where I need to, to go, I, they're not trained yet. Oh, it's, yeah. It's just practice. And it's yeah. just doing a lot of finger stretches and trying to get them, you know. <laughs> What's a quick way to learn? When you're when you're trying to pick up like an instrument, is it learning a chord one set chord progression or learning like trying to learn like the beginning of a song? Um, so I would say for stuff like um, for like ukulele and guitar, I would say learn a song because what that does is like let's say you learn I'm yours, so that's C G A minor F. Mm. You know four chords now mm. now learn a no, new song oh this new song that i'm learning uh oh they use an a minor and a g i already know how to do those yeah. now you just need to learn how to do two more chords uh, then now you know six chords huh. <laughs> trying to do math and more yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like the more songs you kind of learn and then like you'll 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 go to like sites like ultimate guitar tab and then I would say always go to simplify. Yeah. Go to the easiest chords that you can figure out. And then by, you know, learning different songs, you're learning more chords. Now, like, you know what stuff sounds like. Now you know which chords tend to go together in certain songs. Yeah. And then you'll kind of learn why those notes go together in certain songs. Ah, kind of um, like picking up a little language. Yes. Ah. You start kind of learning the language. You start learning music theory. <laughs> the worst thing ever. <laughs> Science. Uh, 
do does I was gonna say rock band, but like not rock band, like uh, Guitar Hero. Uh, <laughs> the one that actually shows you the uh, the, oh, the simulator. Yeah, the, do the simulators actually help with learning? Like the ones that you can play on like the PlayStation and such. Yeah, kind of. Um, it it really does like show you like straight up. This is the note that you're gonna play at this point in time. Yeah. Um, and what it's good for, it's like that whole exercise of um, not having to look at your hand to see yeah. where you are on the board. Uh. Um, and it kind of helps, like looking forward and seeing, oh, first fret, first string, third fret, fourth string, and just kind of knowing, okay, this is the space they should be about because yeah. that's what I can judge from the TV. Yeah. And then kind of oh, like getting into that. Yeah, it's that's very a, visual without having, having a peek a, over at your over. hands. Ah, uh, that's... So I've always... I've, I've tried to get into that, but I've just never... I've never... Well, I was like, I don't, I don't know how well this would do if I do get it for the PlayStation, but then, you know, it'd just be sitting there. And then I'd have to get the whole other system and get it... I'm like, I just want to... I want... I want to learn bass in my, you know, in my own little time. Just be like, ah, oh, I picked up bass and I learned it. But it, like, there's too much. Like, I start getting deeper into the, like, actual music theory and shit. Right. And it's like, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is, this is a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> like, this is more than what I want. Yeah. <laughs> try it. <laughs> it's like, I just, I just want to play and look smooth, you know, but... When you when you you get in there, it's just like, oh, okay. Like I don't want to read this much. <laughs> yeah, this is hard to read. So, look up, look up, look up some Victor Wooten. Yeah, and like kind of listen through his talks and see yeah. some of the exercises he does, and it really does help. Yeah, uh, you'll really like start seeing the difference in both like your performance and like your attitude when you go to like playing. Going down the rabbit hole, I ran into slap bass, and so I ran into a lot of Flea oh, playing okay. uh, just his way of playing the, the bass, and I'm like, this, this is a whole nother level right here. Ooh, yeah, right. but him, him, him himself is is talented as well, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it's just like what I, you don't expect it just by looking, you know. Oh, but, yeah. you know, whatever expects anything now, <laughs> so it's just like that's that's amazing to see how he goes about doing it and I'm like I think his hands about as big as mine as well so I'm like okay it yeah. gives me confidence it gives me so much confidence but I do like if if I had to choose who I would like to play like if it was a character and this is a game and I'm like choose your face character <laughs> and I think I would I would go with Fleet my style okay. that I would want to choose would probably be Fleet but I haven't seen Victor Wood yet uh, I, I know it's probably nothing like that but it's just does he play extravagant basses as well? Uh, like six string and seven string? Yeah, he can be, he can play whatever he wants. Uh, there's there's one video that uh, oh, is absolutely amazing. One of my favorite Victor Wooten videos. It's, he's doing a solo at a show, at a big show. And during the solo, his string pops. Oh. So what he does is like, he starts like noodling down here and he tunes his next string to be his E. Uh, and as he's doing that, like, he's, like, still, like, hitting it. Whoa. And, like, as he's hitting it, like, as he's tuning it, he it's, like, still in tune with his bottom notes, but 
he's getting it back to E. And it's 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 hard to like explain the like the ear and the talent that takes yeah. to Especially be able with, to we he did that at a concert? Yes, like with during other, the show. Yeah, so like drums are still going off. I think like guitar backs off because they realize like he's he's fucking around and he's like trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. But he's he's absolutely killing it. He's one of the best to ever do it. Ah, how do you, how do you, do you ever lose the ear? Like once you, um, because you yourself pick up notes and just play. I mean, the way what you done with a trombone, like mm-hmm. you you you're capable of doing that. Do do you think that, that uh, at some point in time, it's a mailman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love him. Though. Nah, yeah, I hate <laughs> nah, um, you kind of keep you kind of keep it forever. Um, you'll start like listening to stuff, and uh, what happens to me a lot, like I'll be listening to songs, just like being whatever, and I'll be like, mm-hmm. I can play that, and then yeah. like I'll just, I like I'll stop doing whatever I'm doing, and like I'll start picking up the ukulele, and I'll start like banging around. Yeah. I'm, like, Okay, yeah, I figured it out. Uh, and then I'll never do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> My mom does that. My mom, she 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 uh, she replicates a lot of other songs and such. Uh, she plays the keyboard and everything. So as well, she plays piano. And yeah, so. Like for her to do that, which it kind of trickled down to my brother. I was kind of sort of in something like that, but then I I never continued the process of of playing an instrument. But now mm. it's like, yeah, you know, I want to... The urge is there. Yeah. The, that's all, all... Just like learning a new language, I just want to be that faceted now that, like, it's it's another realm in my brain that I know I would have oh, that it's... not everybody has. Like playing chess. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. It's a different muscle that you get to flex. Yeah. Um, um, I, I... It's something that I need to keep. I need to start working more. I've been... All I've been doing is just watching anime and playing video games. That's amazing, though. <laughs> what games is. are you on? So, Boulder's Gate 3 dropped uh, last week. and Boulder's Gate 3? Yes. Okay. Tell me more. I'm really humbled to be over here. Uh, Grady Pruitt. <laughs> this person doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, yeah. And, and I've had similar things. And will be crazy. I don't remember the person and I don't remember the joke. I'm like. Oh, I never remember the joke. I'm like, I said that shit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We're like, oh, you got a good memory. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, but then you're like, well, that sounds like something I would say. Yeah. <laughs> like, Thank you for following along, I guess. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I think I said that. Like once six years ago, <laughs> yeah, and it just never came back up. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't add no tags to it. It just felt good saying it at the time. Yeah, you know, so now I'm like, oh, around. that's pretty damn funny. Maybe we should bring it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've uh, I've been in this game for like eleven, almost twelve years now. So it's yeah. just like, all right, I've there's lessons that I've learned along the way too. Because in, in the beginning, I, I I would never repeat a joke, which was which is terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's, it's like. Now, I mean, this is good. It's got gold on it. Just add some more fucking chunks to it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. you know? And because I, there's there's a thing like I, I kind of some of the thing where it's like you feel like you're a fraud if you're repeating <laughs> material. Like you're like, yes. ah, I already said this before. I shouldn't yeah. say it again. But then I'll be honest. Like there's bits of mine that I've been working on for like years mm-hmm. at this point, and from what I first said them to now. 
they're oh. so much better yeah and everything like that and so like because I, I i i thought the same thing when i first started watching stand-up i thought that person just completely improvised and it, it does feel that way every time you see it yeah and, yeah and, and that's kind of the trick of stand-up or one of the tricks there's a lot of tricks to stand up yeah. but one of the things is like there was a tremendous amount of work put into this mm-hmm. and you're presenting it like like yeah this like, is our first conversation yeah this is like i like i oh i just happened to do this yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> but really uh, underneath you're like i fucking uh, I, like finally I, I, I got it out to where people can relate and people understand that it seems like just a normal conversation that i had like i just came up off the street and i just felt like telling y'all some yeah. shit for an hour you know and yeah so it's a whole thing because uh i've actually put out a special a long long time ago and it, i didn't i'm sorry i didn't put it out i recorded one i mm-hmm. Recorded one back in New Orleans. So that's that's where I'm from. Uh, that's where my start happened. Yeah. You know, and so be wanting to chase this dream. Basically, that's, that's a why. tough place to start. It, oh, well, it is. It is very much so a tough place to start. But I I always suggest that if you do want to if you want a community to actually start doing comedy, that is a place to go. Just because like there's no comedy clubs down there. I mean, there is one, but we don't speak of that one. But it, there, there's, a, there's a comedy club down there it's now. Funny. And back then, like we didn't have shit. Yeah. So to be able to go do comedy at places, we're we fucking going to bars, going to places where it's sure. like, man, we just try to fucking watch the game, and it's like, well, hold on, let me tell you this dick joke real quick. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people aren't there, but if you can grab them, oh, oh yeah. good. So it it is it is a, a challenge every time, but the community down there is just so helpful and so knit tight that like it, it, it is a good place to grow and start and everything right. is small. Yeah. You know, like fucking clubs are like five minutes away. You can walk to them, you can fucking Uber oh, to them. Oh, that's helpful. Yeah, it's very close. Like compared to other places, like big places like LA and here, yeah. like, you know, clubs are, are very near and far so it's just like yeah, that's uh, a difficult thing about houston is mm-hmm. like it's so spacious to get yeah. anywhere yeah you know you're like wait this is my this is 45 minutes away right <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna make this set if yeah. i try to go ahead and go to this place next yeah yeah, yeah exactly and that's um the reason i was saying new orleans is tough and like miami is like this a couple other places where it's like there's such fun cities mm-hmm. and there's like it's such a party atmosphere and yeah. having fun that like just in general to ask people who live in New Orleans or people that live in Miami like do you want to come and sit down and be quiet for an hour and a half and listen <laughs> right. to other people talk? Yeah, they're like, and they're like, no. They're like, you know I'm about to do blow and have sex with one of the hottest women at all. Like, that is the story of my life. It's a, it's a great scene, but it's like, oh, yeah. usually you would get like that. If you do well, it's, it is. That was terrible, yo. Very many times, like driven home <laughs> yeah in front of however many people <laughs> like i like i like i, I could have just stayed home and hung out with a friend like it just yeah. <laughs> and he would have laughed at these jokes harder than you guys yeah did. yeah but there, there, there's something about the the ups and downs of it because yeah. the because the highs are so high, so high. yeah oh. that it is worth it to experience the lows and i've i've learned over my time to not allow the bad experiences to like keep you low like don't mm-hmm. don't wallow in it for yeah. a long time like i usually give myself now i'm at the point i give myself 
I try to keep it down to five to ten minutes. Sometimes it goes beyond that of like being upset about it. Yeah. And then like, all right, you gotta. That's a cool you way to deal with on, it. You know Hell what I yeah. mean? Like, like get all the shit out and ah, yeah. And then you're like, I, uh, that right. is that is a good way of thinking about it because sometimes I I let shit beat me down way too much and then like I'm thinking about it for weeks. I've I've been put in situations to where I was like I, I should probably stop relishing on on the fact that that was terrible because I got better shit coming up. Yeah. You know, I've I've accomplished things, I've done shit, but now it's just like ah, but that that one guy that just that just wouldn't smile or anything. You know, yeah. I always worry about. That uh, but out of all the people in the audience, you always worry about that one person that you just can't get through to, and it's like, ah, why? Why is that? Yeah. You know, why do I worry about this so much? But yeah. as a comic mind for you, I'm, I'm assuming I, I, we all go through that shit, and it's like, I didn't, I didn't get all y'all. I want a hundred percent, but it's never gonna be a hundred percent. No, and usually, it it's almost never gonna be one hundred percent. And let's be honest. If it is a hundred percent, you're probably not saying anything real up no. there. <laughs> you're probably being a pandering hat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because usually, if you're actually saying some real funny stuff, uh, I think Patrice O'Neill said it once: "Is like comedy is like fifty percent of the crowd." Cracking and laughing, and fifty percent of the crowd horrified. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I think the percentage should Patrice. be more like eighty to ninety percent people laughing. Yeah, and about ten to twenty percent people just like absolutely horrified. <laughs> <laughs> but depending on the show, the the percentages change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, who who got you, or who was I guess like the first comedian that you saw that actually got you into comedy? So, I mean, I, I remember as a kid, like a little kid watching like, I mean, like watching like the blue collar comedy tour mm, mm-hmm. and watching that. I mean, Ron White was my favorite. Still is my, Still, I love Ron, yeah. Wine, Ron White. Uh, I was watching that. And then uh, I remember a little beyond that seeing uh, 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 Dave Chappelle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I started watching like uh, it's killing him softly, and there was another. Oh, so good. Uh, there was one of the what was the second special he had in the early two thousands? Killing him softly, and what the there's two of them. But yeah. like I, I watched Skinny Chappelle. Yeah, I watched those on like repeat, and then when I was in high school, uh, also in middle school, Dane Cook. Yes, Dane Cook that's... was huge, and I saw I watched a lot of Dane Cook on YouTube, like the Kool Aid Man bit and the yeah. BK Lounge bit. I was just like, this is like the funniest coops, thing man. ever. <laughs> that is my start right there. That yeah. he is the guy that opened my eyes to what comedy was. Like I've always known comedy. I've always like, oh, this is cool. But until like Dane came around, the MySpace era and shit, that yeah. that was when things really dawned on me and that's when like i got touched by the comedy god fairy and i was like oh this all right maybe i should maybe i should give this a shot you know thinking that because this is a person that i've watched maybe i could be sort of like him that's why i'm I'm very descriptive and like I, i like to definitely um uh over exaggerate on on the bits that i do have or anything like that i just 
Just because yeah, yeah. that, that's that's uh, that's what I saw when I was growing up. But yeah. now you hear about all of the allegations and shit, and you know you see you, you got YouTube documentaries on oh the fall off of this comedian. It's like ah, <laughs> there's a lot of them. Damn it. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like y'all put in some research to do this shit. That's, yeah, which is I didn't know most of it, you know. But now that I'm like, oh, but he's my guy, you know. Like should I? Continue with, I'm gonna continue saying that that was my guy because I mean he's the one that actually shined the light on sure. what the fuck was funny to me. There, you know, there, there, there's a lot of comics that are influences of mine that you find out did horrific shit yeah. or whatever, and you're like, well, I can't change that in comedy, but I'm all what I mean. Yeah. And so like I try to keep my yeah. kind, and you just like all right. uh, lately uh, that are actually really good at what they're doing are more thoughtful and 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 more uh concerned about their image when it comes to actually being a comedian now because there's there's just so much shit happening and everybody sees everything now because of the fucking internet so it's just like all right i don't want to be betrayed like this you know yeah. i don't want to get carlos mencia or anything like yeah. that so let's uh you know and and, and let's be honest also like most <clears throat> People who are really good at an art form, and I don't like calling comedy art because it sounds so pretentious, <laughs> but uh, what, what do you want to talk about? Uh, you know, comedians, musicians, writers, directors, authors, w whatever it is, usually the best ones, the ones who are really good at it, like they're fucked up in some yeah. way. You know what I mean? They're usually in, and fucked up can mean a lot of different yeah. things. You know what I mean? Whether they're, perverts whether they have drug mm -hmm. problems alcohol problems you know yeah. what i mean whether they have whether they're like mean or just like, yeah. you know what i mean whatever it is being fucked up can mean a lot of different things whether they have like um whatever it, it, it can be a lot of different things but like most of them like you know if you really learn about them you're like oh yeah this person's like crazy mm -hmm. flaw yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. especially when you hear about their backgrounds and how they grew up and shit yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah. oh you had a fucked up childhood hence why you're this way now I, I, yeah. I, I can dig it okay cool like I uh I just recently did a show uh, down in New Orleans at the Marsh Room. Shout out to the Marsh Room and shout out to uh, MHOG uh, Middle Hand of God but I did a show with uh, Sean Weiss from the Mighty Ducks Man, put y'all hands together for St. Atlas. Hey, hey. My biggest inspiration actually is life herself. Yeah. You know, I figure that we all go through things with her. And a lot of times we feel that we're alone, but we're not. Like, mm. we're all one. We're all connected. We're all the same people. Um, we tend to just forget about that. So my objective is to help people release themselves from their mental cage. Because oh. a lot of times that's where we get stuck at is, yeah. is behind our own mind. Yeah. And we're so worried about the outside world, but we got to focus internally first. So oh. I want to teach people how to open up to themselves before they try to keep opening up to everybody else. I Oh, no. come on. That's exactly what this is. That's kind of how this goes. This is this is exactly what this is. Because tell me a joke, the guideline of chasing a dream. And so it's just like, there's no real, real guideline. But, you know, there's people out there that can at least guide you on, onto a, a, a correct path on, you know, making yes. this more easier for you. Because 
man, just just the, the life of an artist or an entertainer, it is it is difficult. Mm-hmm. It is difficult. It is it it is at time consuming. It is taxing. Uh, just mentally, it'll break you down, and especially if you're not prepared for it. Oh man, and you know what? It's like people don't artists don't understand how much of an impact they actually have like artists we we do what we do and it's like almost so effortless to us and it's almost like such a release for us that we don't understand that not everybody could do what we could do yeah it's a gift we were gifted this power so it's our it's our will to use it right you know right well so um how long have you been writing oh man i've been writing for all my life honestly i was like that kid in the back in the classroom yeah i was an introvert i didn't have too many friends i messed with too many people but i always had either a sketchbook or a journal and i'd be writing or i'd be drawing and it's just because you know i needed that release i had a little bit of a temper so okay (laughs) so i found a healthier outlet um to help me release everything that i have pent up yeah so uh okay the, the writing aspect but how long you been getting on stage uh i have i got on i've been on stage for probably about five years oh, i was okay. doing that um pre-covid mm-hmm. and then when covid hit a lot of my spots that i used to go to got shut down yeah. um so i ended up taking some time off and then um i got back into advent this year so i've only been there for about four months um just getting back into the swing of things and meeting amazing people all the artists there are yeah come on like amazing i've I've been talking to a few people online and i'm like man they've they've been hitting up certain places and they're like man doesn't i don't i didn't feel good doing it and it's like yeah yeah my garden is a bit different when it came, when it comes to like a community of people not even just artists just people in general the normies oh my god I, it's just like the first time i went there I, it's it's overwhelming because of the, the amount of people that's there and it's just for a poetry show and it's just like oh how is this going to go because most of the times when you do deal with certain poetry places that are out here they they don't show the love like like nah. a lot does and like i've i've hit up a few people and they're like yeah man it didn't feel good and i was like why not it's like uh, i don't know if the people were into it they weren't paying attention yeah that like, attention span uh, been going yeah down. now vine garden is a great place for what they're doing and now that they've they've switched over to rudyard's too on tuesdays yes uh, oh my goodness i had the place. opportunity to perform there this tuesday and i was like oh my gosh i love it yeah. it's this at rudy yards it's, it's more intimate and i feel like you really just get to project more yeah. and they're listening the and intimacy like, is, is is always something uh, i really am not on my phone a lot like I, notes i'll use my notes in my voice memos yeah. a lot uh, sometimes I'll just have like I'll be in my car and I'll just be making my own personal podcast just because I talk to myself a lot like I'm my best friend yeah <laughs> and I'll have conversations I'll be like oh girl yeah that that was crazy and I'll just start just random I'll light me up some mm-hmm. get into my mode and start recording and then just just because there comes a point in life where we try for elevation that's the ultimate goal yeah you know we want to constantly elevate and grow but there are times we slip up and we fall off yeah and we look for other people to help us up but really the only people that can get us out of where we are is ourselves yeah so when i record these things or i write these things or i have journals after journals after journals it's for me to remember who i am it's Mm. for me to remember the things that i did because if i'm just in my head 
I'm not going to remember five years ago, oh, I did this when I was feeling like this. Mm. You know, I, I know how to get myself out because I've done it before. So I have journals. I have like seven, eight journals and none of them are completely finished. You know, none of the pages are written, but they're they're finished. Yeah. Like those were chapters of my life. Those uh. were stories and volumes that speak volumes. So that's what I need to turn to when I'm lost, when I'm in a in a in a different space when i've dropped myself and i can't find myself no more i know i know i've lost myself when i stop writing when i start being creative yeah. when i stop being creative i know there's a problem and so i need to go find myself what did i do when i was in that state cool let me do that again and it's just yeah. like any other it's your bible like it's your own personal bible because the stories in the bible are pretty much things that have happened and are happening to every single one of us. Mm -hmm. Their stories portrayed from a different perspective, yeah, but they're mm. telling you how to get it out of it, right? right? They're telling right. you how to get out of it. So basically, you're writing your own personal pieces for yourself, your instructions on how to help yourself out when you get into these problems. You just you just don't know it. And usually when I, I do this by myself, I ask people, I'm like, how them pens moving? Y'all still writing? Y'all still <laughs> jotting the life down? Because I, 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 this is this is me as this is me writing because like most of the times i don't go back and reread things because i hate reading mm -hmm. but i can listen to something mm -hmm. so for me to, to continue to do this this is basically one of the reasons why i did start this you know because it didn't start this way like the first jason jason j jason jason j works jason j, j. Okay. nice jj J your boy j yeah. as you can see on my instagram how you been man born and raised in houston now i did Spent some time away, about ten years in the military. Okay, I know you were a military kid as well. Yeah, I, my, uh, I guess. my everybody in my my family is military. Really? Everybody yeah. but you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, kind of opposite. I'm like the only one. Oh really? Uh, yeah, and probably surprised everyone. <laughs> but it's probably a good thing. Yeah. But yeah, then came back here. Uh, yeah, but comedy's new for me as far as performing. Um, Stand up. I started this year. Yeah, um, yeah. So probably about May, end of April, beginning of May is when I started going like every day. Full force. Every day there was a mic, pretty yeah. much. Um, and you know, multiple a night if possible. That was yeah. the goal. So you know, kind of maybe progress faster than other people that's, because that's I was able to do that. Yeah. Um, able to get there more frequently so you know that's always a good thing yeah and then meet some people that you know kind of help you out tell you which places to go yeah. and and you know really that's definitely yourself. that's but yeah, definitely what new. you need that's definitely what you need uh, especially when it comes to a scene that's big like this because if you don't really know where to go you're not really the progression is there, but it's like uh, I'm just working out in front of a whole bunch of other comics that I've already heard this. Or nobody. Or no one. Because when you're new, helpful. too, like you could spend three hours in the club or more yeah. waiting yeah. to go last yeah. in front of the host the, <laughs> and, yeah, and nobody else. It. It's like, what did this some help? Chairs. Yeah. Like, what did this help? Like, did well, I? I guess <laughs> just recite this. I yeah. guess that helps for that. <laughs> recitation <laughs> exercise but i could have done this in front of the mirror yeah that's, uh, that's, i got a better reaction that's why i I've, I've i'm doing what i'm doing now because it uh back in new orleans it's not it wasn't the same like back in new orleans you can get at least two mics a night you know mm -hmm. all week 
Yeah. It's usually it's up on Sundays. Sunday is a day to rest. But other than that, like there's well, no Sundays as well. There's there's always a mic just to go ahead and go to, and you can definitely you see your progression mm-hmm. of where it goes. Like oh, I hit this one, I hit that one. Oh, this tag works here, that tag works there. And the community of people that you have out there, you know, it wasn't yeah. it it it's probably grown now, but back then it wasn't so big to where you know when you had certain friends that you would hang around and be like, oh, this feels like a good bunch i can i could i could fuck with these people mm-hmm. you know most of the time it's you know I, I i i know a few people out here but it's just like oh no we don't we don't have the same likes like we don't uh, i don't i don't vibe with you as if i would right. vibe with There's other no people crews. yeah like i have a little crew you saw yeah those guys, that's how i found out about that show ah uh, nice one of those guys put me on so yeah we're we're kind of an anomaly that more than just like you know there's ones and twos of yeah. people that are buddy buddy but kind of an anomaly to have a four or five people yeah. in this game because yeah, it's usually kind of cutthroat kind of very much everybody so. feels like they got to keep their cards closed yeah but. yeah and that's that's how it is in uh la and i stayed out there for about a year and it's just like oh uh, okay i, I see kind of universal yeah yeah. Seems like everywhere. Least, yeah. I mean, I I know nothing really. I'm brand new, but it just seems like that's kind of the vibe. What got you into comedy? I've always been into comedy. I've always been a huge fan of it. I, I even started writing a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that I'm working on now, I wrote, I wrote them all. Yeah. Long time ago, so uh, it's always been there. You know, it's been issue with. You know, trying to find the time and the scheduling yeah. with work and all that uh financial situations didn't, yeah. didn't just just having the balls to do it yeah you know, it, was, it was you know some all those things factor yeah you know you have traumatic things in your life yeah. and you go from like i'm the coolest guy in the room to like oh i'm a piece of shit yeah. like, you yeah. know and you, you gotta build quick. yourself back up yeah. unfortunately it took me a little longer than i would have liked but <laughs> you know i made some positive changes in my life and then you know, now here we are. But yeah, I've always been a fan of it. My dad actually did stand up for a little bit. Really? You know, it's just kind of in the blood. And we've always been like jo- well, this, you jokey, know, you jokey. Are, you are like the first person that I've talked to. Oh, really? After these, uh, I've been doing this for like three, four years now. Yeah. This podcast. And you're the first person I've talked to that somebody in the family has actually done stand up besides them. Like, yeah. that's wild. How did, so how did, like, he, when was his stint of stand-up that he did? Was it when you were younger? Did you? No, I was older. I may have even been uh, out of the house in the military at that point. I huh. can't remember. And because I, I remember my brother, who's four years younger than me, uh, he was older, like, teenager at least. Yeah. So, you know, it was... I was probably like in my twenties, maybe. Yeah. And so he's, you know, he's had all of his career and everything, and he jumps into it even older than I am now. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, he started. I don't know how many open mics he did because I just remember him immediately like booking gigs, like uh, out of town gigs, and it wasn't for a lot of money. It was just yeah enough to pay for the trip out there, and right? That type of thing. But yeah. He, I mean, he recorded a. I have a CD of his around here somewhere. <laughs> oh, come on! <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, he really got into it. Yeah, he was at the improv. I have a picture with the improv on stage. What? It's crazy. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, like I uh, none of my. Well, I just assumed that people in my family were funny, so mm-hmm. this is the reason why I do comedy. 
but nobody that I know had any any siblings or parents or anything like that mm-hmm. that actually did stand that actually understand what we go through when we get on the stage, you know, because <laughs> that stage is a different monster. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 a bit it's a bit challenging, you know. Yeah, that's the biggest hurdle. Yeah, it's get actually getting on. Did somebody like give you any a boost to get up on stage, or you was just like? Because I mean, you said it took you a minute. Well, yeah, it really, it did. I I had tried a few times or, you know, like I said, I had material for a while. So there was a couple of times I'd get to the club and like <laughs> lose confidence at yeah. the last minute or like, and it was because I would tell my jokes to like a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and my best friends are like the worst. Like, uh, so I'd course. be like, hey, let me run this by you. And they'd just be like... <laughs> Mm. I'm like, oh, your silence is (laughs) super encouraging. I think I'm going to go back to the drawing board. Ten minutes since she has been back. Good old Didi. Didi T. I may may be old, but not good. What's happening? (laughs) I'm thankful for where I started. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that my first being thrown into the comedy water was Dallas. Because it's like right in between that world. Mm. It's like right there. It, it exists in this weird liminal space right before L.A. Because uh, a lot of Dallas comedians have gone to L.A. and have done very well. Yeah. Because I think it trains you for that type. Because cause it's like that. You have to kind of know somebody. Somebody has to like you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You have to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. It's very like once you get in, you made. And everybody just, they don't. It's getting, it's better than what it was before. Mm. I'm thinking from what I've seen. But it was really on uh, We on the same rotation of people all the time At the improv, at Hyenas We not giving you a shot because we don't like you You not one of our homies You don't kiss our ass enough You know, you And of course it's never said like that But it's heavily implied And you can read the room You can understand the energy around you And, you know, check the vibe And uh, and I realized that wasn't me. And that's when I said, you know what? I'm not going to L.A. ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm never fucking going to L.A. Yeah. Because I hate this. Even on a on such a low level as this. Disgusting. Even as a microcosm, this feels gross. That is, yeah. So, you know. I, um, And then the way the women at the clubs are treated, black folks are treated at the clubs. It's just, I'm straight. I've heard that down here, they don't hire, they don't do any local comics for the improv. They're doing better. Like, I've seen Zod and, you know, Greg, yeah. like, last night or uh, the other night, Greg Barron's. Like, I've seen, you know, local comedians start to get on. But improv was kind of, from what I could tell, I wasn't here before the pandemic. I moved to December 2019. So, it seemed like before the pandemic, improv was more, I guess, active a little bit in the mm-hmm. comedy community. But since then, it's been a... Yeah, you know, wish you all shit. Right, right, kind of like maybe trying to get back. But I, I, like I said, I really can't say I wasn't here. Um, but I remember before they had an open mic, they didn't have an open mic after the pandemic. I don't think they have one still. Ah, uh, yeah, I've heard about the open mic, but yeah, so it's just kind of like I don't know. But improv is an institution in of itself. Yeah. So I, I, they don't need local comedy. No. To be quite honest, right. they don't. They, they can always get headliners and stuff. In it's the improv. <sighs> We don't Man, need you niggas. Chill. It makes it makes me think like where should I be to excel? Like that's 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 one of the things I, I, I constantly think because New Orleans is a place like if you want to get good real fast, that's a place that well, I don't know about now. Mm. Uh, they 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 letting the fucking inmates run the asylum right now. And it's just mm. like uh, mm. 
This ain't mm. what New Orleans comedy is. Mm. This is like you ain't gonna get the cream of the crop mm. here. But I, hey, I love what you're doing. Keep yeah, it going. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I still don't fuck with you, but you know, do do you think? Yeah. But you're not you're not about to get the best of comedians out there. You got a few of them. Mm-hmm. But and I'm like fuck. You know, I. It, it's like I keep missing the mark. You know that that lucky mark to where it's like, oh, I should have been here at this point. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I could be somewhere else. But I'm always saying to myself, things take time. So it does. Yeah. Like I remember I was watching uh, I follow David Arnold on Instagram I do not follow a lot of comedians on anything But mm-hmm. I definitely follow David Arnold because I love him And I think he's a real funny dude And he has like really good insights about comedy mm-hmm. And I think the way he approaches comedy Is very organic and real And it comes from a genuine place But also a very high minded place mm-hmm. And you know He was uh, on a podcast with another dude I forget who it was Was it Greg Fitzsimmons? I forget who it was Anyway so he was talking about how, you know, this is my first Netflix special. This is my first, like, special, and I've been doing comedy 30 years. Oh. And he was talking about in L.A. how people have these birthday shows like these. And he said, that's the thing. That's why it takes so long, because I'm not a come-look-at-me person. I'm not the type of person that's willing to draw attention to myself. Yeah. Like, it's my birthday. I'm having a comedy show. Come celebrate me. Come look at me. Like, it's that yeah. look-at-me thing. Yeah. And if you don't have it, it will take you longer. Yeah. You have to have that come, everybody come look at me thing, mm. and you have to be to do it shamelessly. And that's I don't I don't wanna. You gotta be you know on the the TikToks and the Instagram. You gotta be doing it. You gotta be doing it. You know what I'm saying? You have to be doing the the birthday shows. You have to take pictures with comedians. That you barely know, but act like, oh, yeah, that's big, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, Dion Cole, nigga, that's big, bro. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for the wisdom. This for the clout. <laughs> well, thanks for the wisdom. Like, you know, with the extra, you I know, heavy-handed that, uh, pose uh, I, underneath I it. So that's what you have that. to do. I know. If you want to get it quick. Uh, but if you if you there for the slow grind, slow grind and the slow burn, you know, David Arnold, he had people that he came up with that knew he was a good writer so he got a lot of writing gigs and they took him on tour and he started you know headlining and stuff himself so you know it can be a slow burn but we all have our own lanes of hands mm. and you Damn. have to be okay with that I'm okay with it yeah and I, I understand. understand okay with it I keep telling myself I'm not going to conform to to what the masses want and I, I'm doing okay I'm doing okay with that but I understand if I if I don't want to feel the way I feel every day when I get up thinking about comedy, mm-hmm. that uh, it's gonna be a slower process if I don't fucking you know get to get get to the bullshit. Right, and you know you it's the thing you gotta reconcile with yourself. You have to be willing to uh, be honest with yourself about who you are and what you are and what you're willing to do for this shit. Mm. It really is that simple. Like, you can't lie to yourself and say, like, if you would have stuck it out in L.A. and just stayed there, despite knowing better, like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That would have just held you back even longer. Yeah. That would have just held you right in that spot until you got into the fact, like, this place not for me. Or you'd have just become a crazy, bitter person. You know that crazy comedian? That's just always, I don't understand why I don't get booked. Nigga, you're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking suck, dog. And 
your personality is fucking weird. You always be here on the weird shit, talking shit about everybody, about how this person ain't shit and that person ain't shit, and you deserve that. And I heard she did this to get booked. That's why, because you that weird motherfucker with the weird energy. Come on. Yeah. That's what you turn into. Yeah. Oh, when you stay too long somewhere where you don't belong. I hate to see that. You see. You see that often. Too and often. then you got people explaining themselves on stage. Oh, oh I'm just going to continue to make you feel. Ooh, ooh, come on ooh. Now. It's like, well, you don't have to. You can you make people laugh and, and feel right. good you, about you this. You can like, try that. Why demoralize the crowd like this? It's or like, you can fuck. go where you're wanted and get yeah. this get this off your back. Get this monkey off your back, yeah. man. You don't, you don't need this low vibe on you. It's lowering your vibe because you won't accept what's for you and what ain't for you. Mm. I've ran, I've, I've ran into this, I ran into this person that I didn't think uh, I would see ever again, and that if I did, I'd be like, man, I don't, I don't fuck with this dude. Mm. I uh, love those. But <laughs> I wind up running into him again, and it's just like, what was the LA person? No, mm. it was a person from here. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, man, this, this dude's on some fuckery and some fake shit. Mm-hmm. Like I've noticed this the first time, and energy is off and weird. But you know, I didn't. It's raining, I think. Yeah, I think is it's it gonna get to worse. Drizzle. I hope it doesn't. Mm. It's feeling good finally. Mm. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't appreciate this nigga's vibe or his attitude when it comes to certain things, and I also think that he's a joke thief. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Mm. And I, I wound up being around this motherfucker one, one, one another time, and I'm like. Mm. Oh, this, you have to tell me off mic because you know I need the name. Mm-hmm. But and I feel like I know. But yeah, I'm <laughs> like, oh, you are this nigga. This mm-hmm. is like, why are you this person? Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 this is my second chance to actually maybe get to know you better and maybe like you. Mm-hmm. But no, no, I can't because you still this nigga that I saw that gave off the the negative racist type. But I, I just want to be cool type of energy, and I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, mm-hmm. I don't fucks with this. I don't I feel like I definitely I'm a pretty know what you're good judge of character too. Yeah. And it, it just it just I, I, it makes me wonder why like why you like this? You don't have to be. You don't have to be. You choose it. You wake uh, up every choosing. day. You choose this. You choose this. It's it's weird. And I, it makes me very upset. But you know that's the thing about another thing about comedy. And I ain't no comedy expert. I just been here for a long time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I just been doing this for a while. And just from my observation, part of the problem is. We don't know how to treat people with a long handle spoon all the time. Mm. We don't know how to keep people at arm's length without making like some declarative statement about mm-hmm. it. You don't have to make it a thing. You can just not fuck with somebody. And it, right. it don't have to be said. Right. It don't have to be some big Facebook argument. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It don't have to blow up on Instagram and shit. It doesn't have to be all that. All you can do is just say, you know what? You're not for me. And I'm just keep my distance. Right. It ain't gonna be no funny acting shit when I see you. I just don't fuck with you. And I was waiting. Uh, I was like, I know this deep thinker. She gets it in. Ooh. Beauty the Beast. Hi, hi, hi. Thank you for having me. I just feel like with that, because see, I'm not really much, I guess you could say, social media expert, Mm -hmm. you know, but I just do what fits me like right. what i can do people gonna see it they're not gonna see it 
Yeah. People just want to see what the fuck you doing. Right. People just want to see if you fucking falling on your ass. Niggas be nosy. Or yeah. So <laughs> it's like okay, I'm gonna give you something to watch, but it's I'm also the same person that I am on social media off. Right. So that's if I can continue to relate that message no matter mm. what I'm posting, what I'm I'm mm-hmm. doing on social media, then I made it. I'm not no fake that's, ass, you know, Instagram Barbie. That's like, exactly I'm not, what I want to give out. Right. I'm not no. That's just, but some people believe like that's the world today. Like you have to be big on social media yeah. to make it as an artist, and that's not really. I don't believe in that. No, no, because it, it takes footwork. Mm, yes, it takes it takes footwork. Like you got to get out here and grind in these streets. That's period. how I've been looking at it. That's how I've been trying to approach the situation. Like old school days before we had all this. Like people people still made it big before all this was here. It just makes it e- it makes it like an easy an easy lore. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like ooh look look at all these people doing this. Like the gamble, you know, come over to the casino and right. throw these dice and right. see how right. see if you can make it big. You right. know, you know, and not everybody makes it big first few throws. And it's like, ah, uh, I, you know, you might get a little taste. That just keeps you there, though. Right. And I'm like, ah, I, I don't want to fall for. That's another thing when you're an artist. Um, and I, I, I learned this within my first year. When mm. you are fresh out, and you are good, people gonna gravitate to you. Yeah. They're gonna gravitate to you, and you need to decipher what works for you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't do every. You know, show. I don't do well now. I don't. I strategically do shows. Yeah, that's what I've been telling people. I strategically do shows because I need to do what's for me. Not yes. every spot is oh my for God, you. You sound exactly you, like me. I, right. I said this is You don't have words. to hit everything in order to be a comedian. You yeah. don't have to hit, you know, I don't have to hit every stage in order to be a poet. Unfortunately, um, due to my schedule and what I have going on, I've never touched the one poetry stage. Mm. But people believe. That if you don't touch a certain stage, then you're not a poet. Bullshit. Mm. I didn't hit a many stages. I didn't touch things that within my first year, veterans took two, three years to do. So just do what's for you and don't feel like you got to do everything in order to be. Don't try to like look at like a, the hottest fucking comedian right now who. Yeah. Let's just say Kevin Hart. If he if he touched the comedy lounge and you didn't touch the comedy lounge. So that means you're not a comedian, right? That means you didn't you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Right. That just means that location ain't for you, right? So that's just really what I'm on. Like I'm doing what's for me, oh, my location, cool my that. like moving strategically for Beauty the Beast. Yeah, Period. yeah, yeah. Because I, I I've been looking at this the same as well. I'm like, yo, I can't. I I got too much like riding on this. I, right. I can't, I can't keep just going different places thinking that this is going to be lucrative to what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm trying to build an empire from mm-hmm. this. And the little knickknacks is just kind of like, I mean, it's nice to practice places, but sometimes when the practice isn't beneficial, it's like, what are you doing then? You know, I've gotten to a point where it's like, all right, we can't keep playing with this now. Like, it yeah. needs to be serious. And so, like, I, I'm one of those people, I, I'm, I thought that, you know, me going to just like my all my thoughts of everything that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. I thought that, oh, me going to California is going to get me seen or something like that. Or me getting on the Warren Poetry stage is going to get me seen. Yeah. And you come and you say that, ah, nah, I haven't even touched one of those yeah. stages. But boom, I've been. And it's like, shit. Yeah. You know, I, I, in my head, I'm always thinking, like, is it, am I... Am I too much? Mm. Or or is, is it that, you know, I did. I always 
in my head it, it feels as if like what I do might outshine what other people might be bringing so like, that has nothing to do with you if you if you a fucking star then be the fucking star mm-hmm. you're gonna shine regardless mm-hmm. so that I think with that it's really it's really like you know you don't want to be you know the you don't want to come off as cocky. You don't want mm-hmm. it to come off as you're exactly. arrogant. You don't want it to come off as that. But if a person knows you and knows who you are, then do you. If you know that's not in your heart, yeah. then do you. They're going to talk about you regardless. regardless. So if you, fuck, if you were meant to shine in a room, then shine in a room. Mm-hmm. I'm nine times out of ten, you're doing less than the person that believes they are the shit. Mm. So shine. Mm. Shine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, yeah, I just really think that's what that is, you know, is just just knowing who you are. Because what I realized is Beauty the Beast is an artist, mm-hmm. but I'm also a person outside of that. Right. Beauty the Beast is a brand, so I have to, for me, I have to connect who I am outside of Beauty the Beast. With that same person that I'm living every day, yeah. So they can see I'm still a person. Like right. I'm, I'm more than just a poet. I'm more. I, I, I eat shit and yeah, sleep just like you do. As well, right. Yeah. Like so, that's just how I feel. Because they believe like when you're an artist, you have to do certain things. Like yeah. you can't be in certain places. Yeah. Bullshit. I like the ratchet. You know the ratchet clubs. <laughs> yeah. I like the I like the ratchet shit. You know. This, this yeah. Some overnight shit. yeah. This, this ain't overnight. No, right. I've been here. This is just something I'm good at. Right. You know that call me to be on stages that call me to sell tickets that cause me to you know be in the light but i'm still you probably still gonna see me at a hole in the wall mm-hmm. shooting pool or you know it, twerking ass you know like <laughs> right. i'm still this the same still person yeah, yeah like i i just think that's for me that's what i'm doing like not caring about what other people have to say about me mm. yeah I've I go places and I, I think that I I definitely think the same, uh, especially because I I know I'm different and I've always been different. Okay. But like I let my work stand out for who I am and Period. that difference that difference makes makes a hell of a lot a hell of a lot of on me like I Period. feel better about it because I'm like I you know I, I know I don't Red Lion the poet or. Charles, however you want to go by. Hey, uh, man, as long as you don't call me out my name, we good. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool, man. Oh, boy. Um, I think, so I think the honest truth, at least for me, is the poem's never truly done, per oh. se, because because the poem is an extension of who I am. Yeah. And since I'm always growing. Right. Like, I'm always, like, the particular piece of poetry, even though it may have a conclusive, like, written portion of it or a recording portion of it yeah um if my ideology of something changes yeah then at least for me i i i don't feel comfortable um saying a poem that i don't fully believe oh so if i don't believe it you know i'm saying why would i why would i spit it yeah you know i'm saying i don't like even if the poem is like really dope or really good and everybody likes to hear it um now i could as a writer go back and revise it yeah you know what i'm saying to make it like okay i believe it again you know <laughs> but i remember i've only this happened to me like maybe twice and i remember i i wrote a poem um like years ago and my ideology changed yeah and i'm just like well 
I don't believe this anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I had to, I had to let it go. <laughs> and it was a good poem. It was, a, it was, it was one of my best, well-written poems. And I'm just like, I know it's gonna hit every time, but I'm like, that's just, I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. So I had to, I had to be like, well, either I can throw it away, which I had to because it's so much of it was just not, not, not how, not who I am now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I've changed. So like I I never want to um I know we always like to separate the artist from the artwork or there there's this idea that you separate the arts from the artwork and I think that's true to an extent yeah but for poets it's different because I I You're a lot I more find, connected yeah man like you you can't it's it's almost impossible to do a poem and and not believe in what you're doing like mm -hmm. unless unless you're like a really great actor but even in acting there's a level of belief mm -hmm. right. that you have to have in your acting i remember i was watching um i was watching the first black panther right and then you know you see michael b jordan as killmonger yeah and you're looking at you're looking at this villain you're listening to him and you're like you know what? I, I believe that. I can, I can, I can, yeah. you know what? You're making sense. Yeah. And then, and then I watched the new Black Panther, Black Panther, uh, uh, Wakanda forever. And then I'm looking at Namor and I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> you show right. Who is right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I fucks with you. Okay, sir. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like well-written villains to me, like my favorite villains are the villains that are borderline heroic, borderline. Yeah. Like they really think about humanity. Like Thanos makes sense to me. Yeah, Thanos I was like, I feel you, sir. But man, what you gotta do to to get what you want? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. But yeah. okay, you yeah. know, I hey, right, more and, power to you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's and it's the same with poetry. Like even if I'm going the wrong direction, right? Yeah. Um. I'm willing to go in the wrong direction and then, you know what I'm saying, have my heart changed. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, but if I don't like if I don't believe if I don't believe in what I'm saying, then I'm lying to you. Yeah. And I can't lie to you. Yeah. I've uh when I when I write, there's so many things that I think about and then that's one of the things that I do think about. Like if I write something down and it just comes out because I'm rhyming and I'm like, no, 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 no. That I don't do I do I feel this way for real, or yeah. am I just putting this down because that was a clever line? Yeah, and I'm like, sometimes I gotta eat them clever lines and be like, no, let's yeah. let's let's be true to ourselves. Be a little tough too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, so tough. Because <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, damn, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, like I'd be having to look up certain things. And be like, no, Kyle, you can't say that because that don't mean that. <laughs> Even though it sounds like it's supposed to, it don't mean that at all. And if somebody fact checks your ass, you're gonna be looking dumb. Right. So I'm like, ah. Ah, all right, all right, I feel that. Yeah, so there's 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 so much there's so much that you have to actually like when it when it comes to writing, there's so much that you have to take in considering just because like when I go back and I, I go look at some things and I, I, I reread and I, I go over it and I'm like, okay, this I like where this is going. Sometimes I get confused on where I'm trying to go, mm -hmm. and it, you know sometimes I have to turn the boat back around because I'm 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 veering off a little bit too much. Mm. But I, I've always liked to. I noticed that when I do write, my my writings have came to a point to where, and when I am coming to an end, it has like uh like a meaning or. You know, like a uh, like a lesson, yeah, and something like that. I'm I'm not trying to teach nobody. Mm -hmm. You know, this just kind of how it comes out. 
you know, or how I feel on the inside. Like there's certain things that I, I talk about that the poems that I do write, I want to put visually just so people can see the words visually themselves, not yeah. actually like subtitled, but like, as I speak these words, it, this is what's going on in the video as well. Mm -hmm. So like, so I know for me when I am writing that that's one of the things that I do think about is like, how does this, cause every time I'm writing that it fucking, it's a whole movie that plays in my head. Mm. So for me to recite, that's kind of how I'm able to, to memorize basically by the visual pictures that I have in my head for those certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, how does your memory like what, what keeps your, since you do theater as well from time to time, <laughs> Like how how do you go about memorizing? Oh man, listen, um, your pieces are long. <laughs> I mean, they're not long. Yeah, they got some length on them. Man, listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> the, I remember the first piece of poetry I wrote. It was twelve minutes long. Oh my goodness! That was the very first piece of poetry I ever wrote. Was twelve minutes. Took me forever. Oh, took me forever shit. to memorize it. Um, I've gotten to the point now where my poems are like you know three minutes. Yeah. Five minutes at the most, Ooh. at the most five. You know what I'm saying? But like I say, I say in that three, four minute, uh, you know, time frame now. Yeah, yeah. So that's where most of my poems are at now. Um, you know, memorization. It's uh, it's tough. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> um, I have yet to crack the code on how to effectively memorize uh, any poems. Um, I, I hold on to this quote uh, that Maya Angelou had, right? Mm -hmm. So Maya Angelou uh, <laughs> says that people um, may not remember what you said to them, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Ooh. Which, so for me, like I think about that in terms of memorization all the time, because a lot of times I don't remember the words whenever I'm actively trying to memorize them. But I remember how I feel yeah, in the moment. Feel, yeah. So that feeling or that emotion acts as a muscle, muscle memory. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, even when I'm like going back over it and I'm reciting it uh, just purely off of the emotion, sometimes my words change too. And I'm just oh. like, this feels more natural. So now I have to change the word. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I've done that. I have slashes, so many slashes to where it's yeah. like either you can say this or you can say it this way. And there's certain spots where I'm like, ah, uh, it sounds so much better to say it this way. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna leave this slash here just because like this is what it used to be. Mm -hmm. But this is how I'm gonna say it forever now. Yeah. And like there's certain like uh it ain't easy being a black man. That one that one I have a certain portion of that towards the end to where it's just like all right, don't cry. We just gonna get into it, goddammit. I got comedian Keisha Hunt on this motherfucker. Man. <laughs> Good to see you, Keisha. Good to see you. When I was 13. Yeah. I knew, well, even before, when I was six, let me, let me take yeah. it back. When I was six, I knew I was an entertainer. Okay, right. I knew I wanted to entertain the people. That's what your parents was telling you and shit. was like, she always doing. I'm gonna double get you one-way ticket to Hollywood. Yeah. That's what my mama was here. <laughs> so my sister, she put me on like a, a dob hat at the time, Run DMC, I'm six. Yeah. Run DMC was, no rapper can rap, you know they thing. Yeah. So my brother had a dob hat and I had his trench coat on. It looked like a, 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 a black wedding train because I'm only two feet tall. <laughs> and he put his big, thick gold chain around me and I started rapping yeah on thanksgiving, on I, was, thanksgiving. I was the kid that they put in front of the family 
to just do your thing, baby. You know? Yeah. And so I was that kid. And so I started rapping. I still remember that rap. I was walking down the street with my jam box. <laughs> I met this little boy named Goldilocks. He asked me kind of car I was driving in. I said a BMW Mercedes Benz. Now we know. Wait. <laughs> right. Wait. That don't make no sense. It doesn't. <laughs> a BMW Mercedes That's what I was driving. I had the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah the BMW in the front, Mercedes Benz in the back. And he was Come my on. homeboy named Goldilocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was he white? He, I don't know. In my mind, he's my homeboy named Goldilocks. But that was, hey, and the family threw money at me, and I was like, oh, I can make money. I can make money. I can make money. Then yeah. after that, I started a band called Backyard Gang <laughs> with buckets. And... Is, is, is this that still at the age of six? <laughs> no, I think I'm 10 now. <laughs> I think I'm 10. Okay. Right about eight or, eight or nine, 10. Yeah. And, you know, the air-conditioned vents for a window unit, I had that as my snare. Uh, I had two <laughs> buckets, you know, the paint buckets. Right, so, right. And so I had backyard gang. Dun, 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 dun. That was the song. <laughs> and so I had backyard gang. Then I graduated from that into uh, a full-time rapper. Yeah. Like, I was serious with it. Yeah. Uh, I had an opportunity to jump into ESG's limousine. Oh. It was in 1994. Uh, 97.9 on the Box used to do the Box Birthday Whoa. Bash. 97.9 the Box been around for a very long been, time. Yeah, but since I was 12. That was wow. 90, 1992. And I remember it because that's the same year Jason's lyrics came out. I love Houston history. Please keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because at the time, we only had Magic 102.1. Used to call it 1021. <laughs> <laughs> Magic 102.1. I love it. And so, and so that's what they had. They wanted to do something for the youth. So that's when 97.9 The Box came in yeah. 92. And they started doing these box birthday bashes. Yeah. To celebrate the radio station in 1994. Uh, Swinging and Banging with ESG came out. Okay. And that was the song. But I could rap. Right. Like I, I just knew that's what I was gonna do. Like I was a thug till I died, puffing on that fry, nigga getting high. Like, <laughs> didn't know what fry was, had no clue, but I knew I could rap. Yeah. And so I saw after the box birthday bash, I knew I ain't I didn't pay for no ticket. I didn't have I was small. All I would do was duck down and weave my way through the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> And my sister and I was like, if you act like you're supposed to be there, won't nobody question if you're supposed to be there. And I was in all in the VIP. Nobody said nothing to me. <laughs> Missy Elliott was on the concert. What? Uh, Notorious B.I.G. was there. Mary J. Blige was there. Total was there. Uh, I forget the guy's name that sing, cheers to you. Oh, shit. I don't know their name, but they was missing them. Yeah. They was Timberland's group. But I remember uh, pulling on... Uh, that was when he was with Magoo, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Magoo was there, too. Oh, Lord. 112 was there. Whoa. ESG was there. This was like... A, and you done snuck your way in. Was, I'm at the concert, just concerting. And so I was trying to... I'm a, I'm a rapper just trying to make it. I done pulled on Notorious B.I.G. ankle. He done kicked me. <laughs> like, get this baby off of me. <laughs> kid off of me and then Missy Elliott she he he <laughs> and she had the blunt in her hand and she did me like you know she passed me and then she psyched me with the blunt cause I'm a kid I don't know you right you know, I'm a kid she's like psych 
I'm like, oh man, but I smoked weed at 13, 14. Yeah. And so when we was leaving, I saw ESG them had the uh, limousine windows down, and I started running on the side of the limo and hopped in the window. Yeah. <laughs> I jumped. I wonder if he remembered this. I hopped. This is a true story. Yeah. I hopped in the window, and they were like, man, stop, stop the limo. We got a baby in here. <laughs> what is this baby doing here? I said, I can rap. And he was like, come oh, on, baby, shoot. say something. And then I started doing, I'm a duck till I die, puffing on that weed, nigga getting hot, sipping on this, sir, about to choke, roll that blunt, so you can smoke. He let me do my whole rap. He was like, you got something, but you got to get up out of here. Because we, we, don't, we don't mess with the babies. I was 14, but I was nine. Because <laughs> I'm vertically challenged like a mother. We, you know, you know. Yeah, I know. We bought the same size. Oh, you, you're, the same, you're a little bit taller than me. That's that man edge. That's that man edge. But uh, I don't know how you're going to give me a shut up now. Love it, don't shut I'm on the road. You asked me one question. <laughs> Like, that's it. That's like, where it take you. You say what's how it happened. You say was it always comedy? And I said no. <laughs> and here we go. And so let me get my mom to the comedy. I love my mom uh, to the keep comedy. Keep going. And so he's jumping, jumping in the limo. How about the limo? Get out. Uh, we can't take babies. We okay. can't take babies. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. When I was 16, it was this rap group called Four Deep. More okay. Houston, more Houston history. I remember doing a video shoot with them at this club at a pool hall, and they had me like, man, I was, you know how they had every female rapper yeah. looking in the nineties. Oh yeah, all black with shades. On. Yeah, and I was sixteen. Mysterious, Myster- <laughs> like boss. You know you 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 gotta you you, you gotta you gotta let a hoe like, be a hoe. Why y'all gotta be so hard? Right. Now? It's no. like. Can we just get some sexy bars? Like, right. Jesus Christ. But I had that bell-bottom woman suit on that Queen Latifah wear in, in uh, Living Single. Yeah. <laughs> Them business suits she would wear. That was my rap outfit. It was a very loose business suit she would wear. Yes. Very comfortable, very, flowing looking. With sneakers. Yeah. Or, or you remember she was the business but savvy. Yes. yes. And that, mm-hmm. was the, that was the, we know she gay, but we don't want to say it. We don't want to say nothing. Yeah, so that was the image we had. <laughs> just let her run shit. She that's, a boss. <laughs> Exactly. So I had my Queen Latifah on. And then I don't know what made me what this would happen. I'm still rapping. I'm rapping. I'm rapping. And then I started acting when I got to high school, when I got to middle school. And it really changed. Yeah. I got bit. I got bit by the acting bug. That's how it happened. Right in middle school. That's here come comedy. It's yeah. almost there. Yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. there. And so I got bit. But what really did it for me, I knew, I knew I wanted to do comedy when I saw Martin Lawrence and Talking Dirty After Dark, and I could oh, not stop that's specific. saying, I could not stop saying Pussy Patrol, Pussy Patrol. So I would walk in the hall, I got in trouble for that. Like, yeah, I was like, man, I'm getting in trouble for reciting Martin Lawrence, and then he came out with You So Crazy. Yeah. And I, I knew it were hello, Darky. That was like I couldn't stop. Re- I knew that the whole thing, and I was like, I want to be him. You know how fun this is to hear that because all comics are like superheroes, and I, I put it in the sense like everybody has their uh, Spider-Man origin story, yeah. and uh, basically, your Martin Lawrence that that portion right there is your your being bit. That is your catalyst yeah, right there. Because wow. for me, my catalyst 
uh, was after somebody said, usually it's somebody like, hey, man, you should probably do comedy or hey, man, you should be on the stage somewhere. Yeah. Hey, you going to be an entertainer. Yeah. When I was in school, I was so bad that the teacher put me up in front of the class and was like, be funny. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> like, I'm just disruptive. <laughs> like, why you going to put me up? Like, I was so bad. They brought me to another class and was like, boom, yes. do, do what you do. I'm like, what do you mean? I thought I was just disruptive. Like, you were putting me, I, I'm afraid right now. Like, like I don't, I don't know what this means. And she's like, "Be funny." So I mocked her, and I, and I, I pretended to be uh, Urkel for for about oh, for about 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 a good five oh, minutes. Man. And I was like, "This is this feels this feels right, yeah. but it also feels like you shouldn't do this to a child." You know, <laughs> like, why the, like why the fuck would you do this? Uh, and, and my guy, the person that like it really brought comedy to to my eyes, because yeah. I didn't think about comedy until somebody said, "Hey." You should probably be on stage doing comedy. I was like, man, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. And when I saw Dane Cook, Dane yeah. Cook was was my catalyst. Like, oh, yeah. Man. So be being the way I'm descriptive and how I like to describe things yes. and the act outs that that is purely because of Dane Cook. Just because man. me seeing him. Dane Cook, well, I love Dane Cook. He really started the wave we're on now. Yeah. yeah. He start well, Andrew Dice Clay was kinda like a uh-huh. peaking uh-huh. to that. But didn't have the he didn't have the resources he like didn't have did. the resources. Yeah. But he he had the cult following from out of nowhere. Yeah. It was really beautiful to see that. You know, once I discovered comedy, I was discovering it. Right. You know, and right. Dane Cook, he had that he had that thing. He was that social media. He was that I'm gonna pull a fan base out of thin air. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. He mm-hmm. did. He was he was he still is. Like yeah. I I, I love Dane Cook, but man, yes, yes, that's where that's where that's where it started with Martin Lawrence, and watching that, and then I knew I knew I wanted to do comedy. I just didn't know what form I was gonna do it. Mm. I didn't know if I was gonna just be a funny actress yeah. or if I was gonna do stand up. But I knew I loved to see people faces yeah. after I done something. Right. You know, I right. just knew the reactions. I, yeah, I just knew I loved that. So my theater teacher. In high school, I remember auditioning for a theater as a freshman. And when I went to look at the board to see if I made, to see if I even made it, right? Mm-hmm. The junior goes, oh, Keisha, I didn't, I didn't see you on JV. You, di- you didn't make it. I said, oh, man. Yeah. Well, let me just check the varsity one just, just because. Yeah. And my name was on there. Oh. I was like, oh, hmm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> this is meant to be. <laughs> she didn't. She she just looked on JV. She didn't look on both sides. She, she just knew I wasn't in there. But my theater teacher, he introduced. I had never watched Saturday Night Live before. I only yeah. knew in Living Color. Right. I didn't know nothing about Saturday Night Live until I got to high school and I graduated in '99. But I. When I got to high school, he showed me Will Ferrell and, dang, Molly Shannon mm-hmm. doing the Spartans. Yeah. And I was the like, I want to be on that show. Yeah. 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 He said, you can do this. I said, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> and so then when I graduated, there was an audition for a play and another comedian. She was a, the lead in the play. And there was downtime. And I was just being myself. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're funny. You should come to my open mic. Mm. I said, I'll just come watch and see how it is. I'm 18. Yeah. And she goes, she 
2002. This is 99. We'll, we'll, we'll say yeah. it. Yeah, I'll get to it. And she goes, you should come to my open mic. And I'm like, I'm going to just go watch. And so I'm sitting at the bar. They go, you want a drink? And I said, yeah. <laughs> I had never had an alcoholic beverage in my really? life. Really? <laughs> this is my first alcoholic <laughs> beverage. My first time going to a comedy show. I had a Maduri sour. Um, right. <laughs> I said, give me something sweet and colorful. And so... And she couldn't remember my name. She says, oh, this baby is funny. We about to bring... Y'all clap for a little bit. little bit. <laughs> a little bit. And I'm looking around like, who is that? <laughs> she said, you. So, oh, no. And I did comedy from uh, when I was... Well, I was 19. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I was 19, December of 99 to February of 2000. And then I stopped. And I came back because Jennifer Germany, another comedian here in Houston, she called me to come back and I ain't, I never left. Never left. I never left. Come on. And so that's where, and I just was like, oh my God. And so once I got into it in 2002 in July, hey, this is my anniversary month. Yeah. This is my Hello. Con- come on. And, and then July. <laughs> Doing big things. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And so we did, I met Blame the Comic. He started the same day I did mm-hmm. in 2002. And we just was rocking and rolling. We started doing festivals like in a couple Shout of months. Shout out to Blame as well. That Shout name, out y'all, to man. Y'all a killer fucking dude. Oh my God. <laughs>